everybody. Welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Off the Record. Listen, guys, I know it's been really tense. Our relationship with the police is not very good right now. And uh, when they're stopping you on the side of the road, it really has very little to do with safety. It has to do with revenue, revenue for the municipalities, revenue for the insurance companies. We all know how this works. But trust me, you don't want to argue that charge on the side of the road. You don't want to get into an altercation with the cops. What do you do? You take the ticket. And you call off the record Or more important, more specifically You go to offtherecord.com slash TST Or you download the Off the Record app For iOS and Android Off the Record sets you up with a local Qualified attorney in the municipality Where you need them And they have a 97% success rate Fighting moving violations Whether they're violations or even moving misdemeanors Offtherecord.com slash TST By using the Slash TST, you're going to get 10% off not just the service you need now, but any legal service you use at Off the Record for the next three years, folks. Download the Off the Record app or go to offtherecord.com slash TST. And if you download the app, use code TST10. And when you put that in, that's good starting now for the next three years. You don't want to be panicked on the side of the road arguing what you did with a cop, okay? You want to already know that you have an entire no matter where you are, that is going to handle this for you. You can go about your day, off the record does what they do, and then you never see it again. It's a brilliant system, really. Use code TST10 with the Off the Record app or go to offtherecord.com slash TST. Either way, 10% off all legal services you book from them from now until May of 2023. All right, offtherecord.com slash TST. Hit them up. Be ready. Be prepared and fight it in court. Don't fight it on the side of the road. Uh, we're also brought to you by ourselves. We have new merch from today until June 24th in our Blip Shift store. We've got two items. We've got the Send It shirt and we've got the mask. Now, it's a pandemic. I wasn't going to be the first guy to sell a mask. But I'm not going to be the last guy either. And I had so much fun wearing the uh, Safari 911 uh, city bus fabric on my wedding day. I wore it on my vest on my wedding day. It was a boss move that I thought I'd let you guys wear it on your face. I wore the thing to Cars and Coffee this morning. It was a real big hit, actually. Uh, it was it was pretty sweet. I'm, I'm very stoked with it. Go to blipshift.com slash TST from now until June 24th to get them. Blipshift.com slash TST. TST, the Send It shirt, short, long sleeve, and hoodie, and of course, the Safari 911 mask. Get them while they hot. All right, on this episode, our friend Jason Camisa is in the house. Jason is one of my favorite guests because he's so opinionated. He backs it up with knowledge and experience. He has a really weird array of cars. There are things break all the time, um, and he has a, a really great perspective on uh, on everything he drives he, he he's a, just such an interesting wealth of information his new video project ECME is out there and we're talking about some of the stuff he did for that as well as just weird old cars Jason Camisa of ECME on the Smoking Tire podcast What up it's the Smoking Tire podcast Hey everybody Jason Camisa is on the line from Northern California where he's sweating his little balls off 
like a whore in church. What's happening, brother? I'm fucking hot. Uh, not, uh, I am alive. I do not have coronavirus. I can't complain about a damn thing, but I'm going to anyway. That's what I do. That's what you do. Um, You're a professional critic. So it is your job to be critical. Critical. Yeah. It's my, yeah. this is, this is and why you see and I get along. We understand this. I know. It's we're not supposed to be happy and enjoy <laughs> No, we're supposed to hate everything and everyone. I'm not a celebrationist. I'm a critic. I criticize everything. You and you and you. You all suck. Ah, I had somebody from an unidentified bit of software contact me recently and try to sell me on a new way to better connect with my fans. And I responded, would you mind developing a way that I could connect with my fans less, but for more money? And they did not want to hear that at all. Oh, man. What's going on, Kamisa? I haven't talked I, to you in a couple months. I haven't seen you in forever. This is, this is what happens when we're in lockdown. Like, there's no Radwoods. There's no other things. I don't get to come on your show anymore until now. So thank you for inviting me here. Well, we had to, you know, we had to like, we first had to cycle through our very close friends and then a couple of like a couple of PR people realized what we're doing and then dive bombed us with professionals guests. And then it was like, Whoa, we need to get some more friends in here. <laughs> so now we're, now we're back. Also, to well, you. Right, I, I thought that was going in a whole different direction. I thought you were going to be like, first we have to cycle through the friends that we like <laughs> no. and yeah. the ones that we care about. And then the ones that can do something for us. And then we're, we're done with all of those. We need so to gold dig for at least six weeks. <laughs> And then bring on that asshole who lives in Northern California. Nah, dude, you're the fucking gangster. I always enjoyed having you. The last time we did when you did, we did 20 minutes on, um, you know, why zero to 60 is bullshit. And then like two months later, you wrote a, a nice column on why zero to 60 is bullshit. I feel like I can take some credit for your mental train of thought and how that happened. Can. Listen, I, do you remember the Saturday Night Live character played by uh, Gilda Radner named Emily Latella? Do you, know, do you remember this? Not, not offhand, but remind me. Okay, so she was a character on the news segment, and they would be like, and now for the whatever bubble, we're going to talk to Emily Latella. And she, they would cut to her, and she was like dressed as an old lady, and she was crotchy and angry, and she was like, and she would misunderstand something. So like the whole thing would be like, there's, you should do a, a, a segment on there's too much violence on television. And she, would, she was half deaf. So she would misunderstand it and be like, "There's too much. There are too many violins." Oh, on okay, yeah. And she would go on these ridiculous, pointless rants, <laughs> and they were hilarious. And there we go. There you go. I got it. And I kind of feel like that's what happens every time I'm on a podcast. Having, yeah, having not really, <laughs> and it's all. And then I watch it back, and I'm like. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, <laughs> like, did you really have to get that upset about zero to sixty? That's but, you know. so funny. No, I used I used your I now use your reference. After that, I I all the time now am looking at the drastic differences between zero to sixty and five to sixty. Yes, I just yes. had one person, dude. One it's person. so clutch because I we, Zach and I, and he'll back me up. Zach, ju we just had the X three M comp. Which yep. have you driven this thing yet? Mm -hmm. Fucking fast, bro. It, yeah. it it mobs. It's crazy fast. But the zero to sixty is three three. The five to sixty is four seven. Right. It's a big gap. That's that's our it's that big? Yeah, Hold it's on, a three, big three gap. Four, seven? Yeah, it's a big gap. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's explain to the, the people who don't live their life with V Box, one V Box at a time. Yeah. We um, can relive this conversation right now. We'll do it really quick. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I no, promise no, it's, it's one hour and no more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> This is me. Uh, no, no, no. So when we do instrument tests for the magazines, we are doing horrible, genuinely like 
unconscionable shit to cars. Um, now, automatic transmissions and launch control have made that better. But at the end of the day, we're doing whatever it is we can to get the absolute best number, zero to 60. Um, that is not something any of you guys are going to do to your cars. Maybe a launch control on a Porsche, which is, you know, is never going to damage it, fine. But like a 9,000 RPM sidestep dump clutch in a, in a Nissan, uh, like a Mazda RX-8 or something, you're never going to do that. Even um, in so a drag also, strip, you probably wouldn't be that abusive to your own car. Uh oh. Oh no! And slam shift, like you know. Oh, uh, here we go. Are we back. Yeah. <laughs> okay, God damn it! Good, there we go. Um, <laughs> and then, and then you know, then you're shifting as fast as we can, and you know, the fastest guys in the business often damage cars. They'll break. Um, they'll break motor mounts. They'll they'll bend shift forks and stuff like that. So the zero to sixty number is like. You know, it's even across the board because every car gets abused, but you're never going to do it. Yeah. The five to 60 time that Car, car and Driver and Road and Track book published um, was brainstormed by Chuba, the, the editor-in-chief who was amazing for many, many years. And he wanted to pull the launch out of it. So this is literally the car is cruising along at a GPS verified 5.0 miles an hour. And there's a pressure switch on the gas pedal. And when you hit the gas, it starts recording. And, and if you start at a 5.1 or 5.3 or whatever it is, it normalizes that data down to 5.0. But it takes the launch fully out of it, and you wind up with a time that's much more representative of what you're going to see in the street. Are you always uh, at that five miles an hour in the lowest possible gear? Are you yeah. always in first? Or if you're, you're could, would you be, you'd never be in like D, right? Like if you have an uh, eight in speed D. in D, then you it might be in second at five miles an hour you know what i mean it could be but we we you you want it to be in first right, right? Okay. I mean, the idea here is not like how long it takes to downshift so if the, for example if the car like some mercedes will start out in second gear some cars will start out in second unless they're in like a sport mode mm -hmm. you're in sport mode to okay. do this um, because that'll also usually quicken up the shifts yeah so that's when you get them you know the little <laughs> part that they do yeah. on really fast shifts um which are you know, not emissions compliant necessarily so they have to be in a special mode to do that so anyway, so this five to 60 test is like astonishing because you can get two cars that have identical zero to 60s and you race them in the real world. And, you know, one of them has huge turbo lag, a slow to respond gas pedal, um, you know, shitty engine programming. And the other one is great, um, but doesn't do this horrible launch or whatever. And they want the cars that are identical are a football field apart by the time they get to 70 miles. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting um, stuff. And I thought I happened to note it in the uh, because I was so shocked at the zero to 60 of this X3M 33. It's like, whoa. Uh, and then it was like, hang on. You know, the, the five is four seven. So it's really uh, and, and the reason why is you have a torque converter and yeah. a turbocharged engine so, yeah. and, and, and slow throttle response. Right. So the BMW yeah. like basically ignores the first half a second every time you hit the, hit the gas. Mm -hmm. So on a on a zero to 60. You're holding it. You're brake torquing it. You're holding the revs at two or three, however fast it can. Spin. It's around three. Holding a full yeah. boost and letting go. And holy shit, is that fast? Do they do they ignore that first you know second of pressure to uh, raise MPG? So that way, like you know, if you press the gas, it's not giving you the full boost and shit the way like Porsche the nine turbo does. Probably just to smooth it out, just to make a, a more pleasant out. experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the funny thing is, if you like, if you're driving the electric cars, they all have pro the delays built in yeah. because you could sneeze and slam into the car. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. Would be funny. yeah. We yeah. just had uh, we just had uh, that dude Kevin Zinger on the show. Have you seen that Zinger thing that he builds the 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 inline C the 3D printed car? 
So I've, 12, I've heard of it, but I didn't watch your episode on it yet. So I, I mean, I, we, I didn't drive it. I, I asked him to, but that hasn't happened yet. But this guy was, uh, he really kind of changed my thinking about about the general aura around EVs and how the, the total cost of them from mining the rare earth minerals to disposing of the batteries is quite a nasty process. Maybe we shouldn't lean so hard into it. That's not my field of expertise, so I'm just going to say this is for somebody else smarter than me to figure out. Um, <laughs> all of the all of the studies that I've seen is that cradle to grave, meaning you know from the idea of uh, starting production and building the factory to the entire lifelong emissions of an of a vehicle into recycling it, EVs are significantly more efficient. He he wasn't uh, to be clear. He wasn't doing like the long tail pipe farce of like oil and gasoline is better. He was proposing a different alternative fuel. To EV yeah, pipeline. yeah, so no, different he, thing. Yeah, he came up. He had this this weird kind of like liquid gas that where they pull Methane CO. Capture, yeah, it's right? yeah, uh, CO two capture from the air that turn. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Anyway, yeah, I don't I'm, know why I took yeah. a hard left there. Maybe it was the gonch, but I it, I was no, thinking about I, it for a I second. appreciate the mention of EVs. I mean, look, I started it, so really yeah, um, because I kind of live in EV world, and I you know this is Northern California. Everyone drives a Tesla. Um, you drive, you an, drive e an e golf, but you drive an e golf back to back, and you drive the shit out of it, and do a lot of burnouts in them. And I think you show people like the fun side of EVs besides Tesla's, you know, launch prowess. Just wait. I just did the coolest thing. So I did two months to my car that I'll be talking about in the next couple couple days. One is a uh, I upgraded all the lighting to LEDs and HIDs, and I don't blind everyone on the road. You put Energizer kind of Blues in there, <laughs> bro. We used to do the bulbs back in the day. Those <laughs> yeah. super super intense bulbs, oh, and people would fucking again. do them wrong. Until Vinny did that, people would do them wrong and set wires on fire oh. and shit. But yeah, right, oh yeah, <laughs> now you don't have to because the the LEDs and the HIDs pull less power than the than the old like 90 slash 100 watt H4s did. Um, so oh, wait, I can so rip out all the extra energy. In your oh. e-golf, you upgraded your lighting and managed to use less power from your car to, to use it? Yup, and oh, cool. before I forget, because I, so I worked with a company called The Retrofit Source, um, and I was placing an order and they're like, dude, we'll just send it to you. And I'm like, okay, I'm not really one for freebies. So I'm like, then do me a favor, give me a coupon code that everyone else can use and save money and you guys can you oh, know, make right. some profit on this. So if you use a coupon code CAMISA, C-A-M-M-I-S-A, all caps, you will get 10% off your order. Oh. Um, do they have, kit, my, they have kits for all vehicles? They, they, they have kits for, they have like off the shelf kits for many vehicles, but then they have like uh, replacement bulb systems. Oh, cool. All right. Um, so I'll keep the, that as a resource. Uh, like, oh my, so seriously, wait till you see these, these posts. So I did an H7, uh, so the low beams on my car H7. So I did an HID and I went with a 35 watt HID, um, which puts out, I think it was 1.8 times the light that the factory uh, halogens did um, and uses 35 watts instead of 55. Oh, wow. Um, so it's less strain on your wiring. Um, and then I did HID, uh, I did LED high beams. And the reason you want to do eight LEDs because they're instant on. Um, so they're only 20% more output than the, than the factory bulbs, but instead of uh, 55 watts, they pull 40. And um, so for the, those, you just change the bulb, right? You don't, yeah. do, there are, do the HIDs still have ballasts? Do they still they use those? Do. They do so now? The, yeah, and the LEDs have like a little heat sink and fan on them and like, and they have uh, adapters to shut your computer up so it doesn't bitch, the, you know, it doesn't think you have a light out and stuff uh, like that. If you're uh, not, I chronicled like, the whole build. It was not, it's like, you know, it was an evening. If you're not good at electronics, which I'm not, is it easy still? Is it all plug just and plug play. and play? Literally didn't have to cut a single wire. Great. The hardest bit was just getting the headlight out, which on that car requires taking the whole fucking front end off. Oh. The bumper's got to come out off completely the grill. 
and then like then you can finally get the headlight out you find anything uh, interesting while you're in there you like taking shit apart do you find any like Toyota parts to- Toyota part numbers <laughs> it's not a super Zach uh. um, yeah no there's nothing I mean other than the fact that like you know to get to the front end you got to pull the whole front end off yeah it yeah bothers me um no it's super easy um are you like, gonna do a dyno test before and after like do you think that would be a measurable difference by like no, but one... I did just do the other mod that I was going to talk to you about was the the ultimate range test that I just did this past weekend. So while all of you were enjoying your Memorial Day weekend, I took a bunch of friends and ruined their Memorial Day weekend by getting three e-golfs together. Um, I had a stock e-golf and I had my e-golf, which has 18-inch wheels on it with Pilot Sport PS4Ss oh. um, on it. So they're okay. basically the grippiest, best summer tire you can get. Um, and then another e-golf that I put the same 18 inch wheels on as my car, but with Pilot Sport all season three pluses. Okay. So the best all season tire. So we have stock and then two modified cars, one with all seasons and one with summer tires. All wheels and, and tires are the only mods. Only mods. Okay. Uh, all three cars got parked at my house and yeah. charged uh-huh. and then charged overnight and plugged in overnight. So they have like the same temperature starting in the morning. Uh-huh. Everybody got tire pressure. Everyone got went through identical climate control settings. Uh-huh. And I had two people in each car and then I used ballast to offset the weight because oh my one car God. had two very heavy people, one uh-huh. car had two very light people. So I had spare tires in the back and all this other shit. That's and we hilarious. did the same drive at the same time. Okay. Would you like to get oh and then I did zero to sixty and skip only only yeah. the live audience will this show will air probably after your story comes out. So only the live audience you're you're scooping yourself with, is which it, is cool. It's all right. It's, you guys get A, you get a benefit. B, I'm gonna trickle the shit out because okay. it's too nerdy for anyone. All right. So okay, would I like to guess the difference is what you were gonna say from stock? So there's a couple to, things. Mm-hmm. So to let's start with zero to sixty because there's so we have stock and then 18s and the 18s weigh with the all season six and a half pounds of tire more okay and then uh with the summer tires weigh seven and a half pounds more okay so you're looking at like 30 pounds of extra rotating mass right um would you like to guess how much that impacted zero to 60 because everyone keeps saying it's gonna slow your car down the grip versus the in in additional rotational mass right because i assume the stock e-golf has some shitty eco tires on it right Bridgestone, Ecopia, EP422. Okay. They're okay, but they're not. Okay. I think that the sticky tires still won to 60, despite the offset in weight from the 18-inch wheels. Would I be correct? Zach, Zach you want to guess? I'm just oh, I'm Zach, what do you think? Mm, 12% difference? Oh, he's going percentages. I just oh think the God. sticky tires oh. still won. Yes. So... My car with the, the, the grippiest tires posted an 8.5, okay. which is the, the number car and driver got when they did all their testing. Um, the stock car got an 8.6, fighting for traction okay. all the way to 40. And then the all-season car got an 8.7 for who, who knows why. I mean, well, I for, only, did it, only yeah. did it twice. I could have probably done it four or five times, and there could have been wind or whatever. Okay. But basically, there's no effect. That's, that's that good. Way. So, right? well, I thought, how come on a... But okay, so that's just that's just acceleration. That's not how about range? Let's talk about range. Okay. So I've seen a ridiculous reduction in range since I put these tires on. <laughs> okay. They're like so the the Eagles are total overperformers. Like Volkswagen learned their lesson from Dieselgate and they're not gonna fuck around with this anymore. So this is like the cars, like when Cobra when Ford sold underpowered Cobra motors and they were like, Never again. Again, exactly. <laughs> 
So this one, this poor little car is rated as 125 miles of range. And all my friends are seeing 140, 150. Wow, that's um, an extraordinary value. Yeah, like, like without trying, like not, not hurting. Just oh, driving. That's great. Right. And I'm seeing 90s. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, you are Jason Camisa, though. I know. Maybe we'll, so, get, oh, maybe we'll get to 100 oh. with these new lights. Well, right. I'm get, well, I did the math, and I think it's actually 40 feet or 80 feet that of range that I get with the headlights back on. It's not much. 80 feet? It's something like that. I'll, I'll, did you do that? I'll math? make that that's, too. that's some crazy I math. Calculated that's out. hilarious. Yeah. It's not. It's not. I think it may be 800 feet. Whatever it is, it's not getting you home. Anyway, uh, so the it's other thing I should also say Matas, Germany. <laughs> this is not. I have no life. Do you all see this? Uh-huh. Do you understand? Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. So the other test I did was skid pad which I need to talk, which is why I think my range has gone such to shit is because the stock car pulls 0.82. And I verified that on skip bad. That's terrible. That's bad. I mean, that's bad. But even by golf standards, that's okay. Bad. Let me, let me say this one thing. Car driver did two tests. One of the cars did 0.82. One of them did 0.88, oh. 86 or 88. Okay. So I just went with the lower number. Okay. And I wound up on a bumpy skid pad that wasn't, I mean, it was level and it was 300 feet. It was everything I needed to do, but it was a little dusty. And okay. I got, I got the 82. The car with the pilot sport all season three pluses did 0.9. Oh, uh, hold on. 0.96. Holy shit. What? No, no, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I'm wrong. 82 to 0.90. 0.90. Okay. Okay. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm digging that. That's uh-huh. pretty good. And then I get in my car and it pulls 1.00. <laughs> Holy shit. On, by the way, on the shitty, dirty, yeah. bumpy, fucking nasty skid pad that yeah. I was on, uh, which verifies, I did a test a couple couple months ago when I first put these tires on, put the V-Box on and did this on-ramp by my house that's like down three stories and then it's slightly banked. And for a five second window, it averaged 1.19. I literally, I, I backed off the first run because I'm like, I'm going to shear a hairball. I'm going to crash this fucking car. Um, so I could not, these Michelins are absurd. So the question is, how much of this range range hit that going from like 140 miles to 100 yeah. is due to me being an asshole because I don't have to slow down for the corner? <laughs> how much is actually due to the rolling resistance? Yeah, you. It's, wow. I think some of it is your Jason Camisa, but holy shit, you get like a you went over a G. One point one nine for five seconds sustained. Wow. But even like on the skid pad to be over one on a dusty skid pad is incredible. Those are some good tires. Yeah. I think the last wild card is what if you got those tires in the stock size? That would have been too easy. Okay. Yeah. No, I should have. <laughs> I mean, I should have. So here's the thing is like, you know, I kind of like everyone's bitching that hey, go wheels look so ugly. I, they don't, I don't care. I don't like, that's just not why I have the car. It's what not wheels did you get for 18s? Are they, are they an option? VW Serens. Uh, so I got Mark Six OEM wheels. Mark, um, six, Mark Six. Oh yeah. Oh wait, is that is that it right there, Gray? Let's see what it looks like. No, those are the, those stock, are the stock wheels. wheels. And and I agree with okay, everybody. And that, those by the way, are is my ugly. poor mother's car that you see. Um, <laughs> got, so I got two sets of Sarens, and I gave her one with because she's like, man, my wheels are so ugly, and she's right. She is right. So they're yeah. ugly. Well, those are no, those are the Eagle wheels. That no, you saw I know. In the picture. The stock wheels, that's what I'm talking about. They she are has ugly. The stock Wolfsburg wheels, they're fucking hideous. Yeah. And she's like, my car's boring. You know, like my mom drives like me, so she you know, needs to have something. Zach is looking here. for a picture. Oh, is that aggressively a, looking? A picture of your car. You and you can't really find it because you're. Oh, there. That's. Those are good. The eight. Those are the 18s, and they look nice. Those are them. Right? Yeah. So that's the car. That looks nice. Right. That's worth it's, the trade off. 
as it should be. So there should be other, uh, other pictures in there where you can see like close up to the wheel, but they're a nice wheel. And yeah. they're, they're just, they're OEM. I didn't want it to look ridiculous. Like I don't want the car modded to look modded. Mm -hmm. And I also don't want like lightweight NK wheels where you can see that the, the, the brake rotors are the size of my <laughs> ball. Um, so, you know, I just, there, it was like the perfect thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. But man, the range hit that sucks. So yeah, <laughs> that's a big range hit. Like it went from some the my old e-golf did 83 miles uh, per charge. And over the course of the two and a half years I had the car, I averaged 97. Like it totally overperformed. And I went through an entire set of four tires and 12,000 miles. Like all of them balled completely when I returned the car. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> at, the, at the release end. And so I'm like, oh, this thing will deliver, you know, like 140. Well, it did until I put these on the wheels on. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so if, the range test was amazing. If, uh, if my wife uh, gets a job that requires a commute, uh, an e-golf is, is on our, our short list. They they're drive sweet. so great. Yeah, yeah, they're nice, man. They're really cool. Have you fucked with the Kona EV yet? Are you about that Kona EV? Yeah, I drove I heard one nice of the, things. I, I heard one thing. I drove its platform mate, the Nero EV. Yeah, it's a um, key, that's the Kia one, right? The Kia one. Yeah. And it's fine. Fine. Here, here's the thing. The, all of these EVs are fine, but they're based on cars that we would never drive. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry, Matt Farah is never driving around a fucking like $16,000 economy hatchback. You are right, sir. Although I, would I had a, a, no, I bought a Volt, remember? I had a Volt and I loved it. And I, I told everybody how great it was and nobody gave a shit and it did, no one cared, no one bought them and no one listened to me. <laughs> I did like and, my Volt. And everyone was right. I what liked my Volt. I liked my Volt so much. Yes, that's correct. I did right. like the powertrain. So you liked yes. that it was an EV. You yes. Would, if that thing was just a regular gas engine car, you'd have been like, fuck that, get it out of my face. Oh, of You're course. You're 100% right. it's ugly. Like, yeah. It's very ugly. Like, it, it doesn't it, get, have much, bring much to the table, but it rode it rode great, and it was yeah. silent to drive. Yeah. It was really nice. What are yeah. you, a 60-year-old Jew from Boca Raton? It rides lovely. It's <laughs> it soft does. and fat. What the fuck? <laughs> no, look, it ride, It rode. It reminded me of a Volkswagen in the fact that you could like feel the road. It was damped, It damped out a lot of the sound. It was quiet around Playa del Rey in Los Angeles. I thought it did a pretty good Actually, job of that. Actually, the Volt chassis was pretty fucking good, Jason. It was okay. It was pretty oh, good. If, if, if you put the PS4S <laughs> on the Volt, dude, I bet you'd pull it a would break a in half. half. You'd Pull a 1-0 for Bullshit. five feet, and then the wheels would break off. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I had So recently, I had Mike Musto here, and we took a bolt um, up to this like town in Sonoma Mountains, and it was just all back roads the whole way there. And the car on regular roads is totally fine, and you're like, oh, okay, this is great. And the second you get it onto like a bumpy, twisty back road, the thing fell apart. And what I mean, like the glove board, the glove box door <laughs> opened, and the door fell out. I'm kidding. No, I mean, it just, the car was terrible. Yeah, and wow. that's the thing is that we all wind up liking these EVs like that stupid i3 that is the BMW i3 yeah. that is the worst car in the history of the world. But everyone's <laughs> like, this is great. It's, they like the powertrain. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm diehard. I'm gung ho Tycon. I am gu I'm a gung ho for a Tycon 4S at this point. That's the really? jam. Yeah, I loved yeah, it. Yeah, 4S. I think loved I it. Probably. I mean, the Turbo S is just like that's stupid money. The 4S is stupid money too. But it was still it was for all practical reasons just as fast. For all practical reasons, handles just as well. Looks fucking the same. It's cheaper. Looks and great. I and I drove one 300 miles without even thinking about it. It was great. Right. It was awesome. Yeah, I drove a I drove a Turbo S and I I did not get the surprisingly did not do well on range. Um, no, no, it <laughs> yeah, actually you, did far mob. better than you did. 
if you mob, it, it goes through it. It's fucking fast. Of course. This and if you mob crazy. a Hellcat, guess, guess what happens? <laughs> four miles or, or an X3 yeah. comp. Yo, shout out, though. The X3 comp, over the course of our loan, that car runs the same 0 to 60 and quarter miles of Trackhawk. Yeah. And over the course of our loan, it got double the fuel economy I saw in the Trackhawk. Now, it was still 12 but it, but so the track but, but, six. But the track hawk got six. So. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's insulting. You're dealing with a three liter straight six yeah. versus a rather large yeah, V8 yeah, yeah, with yeah. a supercharger yeah. that can't be decoupled. I mean, it's and it's a, a thousand person. pounds heavier. Track hawk's really? track hawk's fifty three hundred, and uh, the X uh, the X three is forty four ninety. Yeah, forty four fifty nine or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Whatever. fucking it's. Yeah, my I actually Hannah drove the X3 this morning to do some shit and was like came back like oh, I love this thing, so all right, go BMW, good for you. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, what else you been driving, Jason? Uh, I just drove a Bentley Continental GT V8 coupe. Oh, how was that? It was, re- you know, it was. I, I had a hard time with the last Conti because and uh, people, I mean, the Audi guys are going to hate me because it was a fucking Audi underneath. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. It was a Volkswagen Phaeton underneath. Mm-hmm. It was a 30-year-old, I'm exaggerating, a very old uh, layout with the engine in the wrong place and uh, a very, very high price tag on it. Now this generation of Conti is a Porsche Panamera underneath. And oh my God, the dividends that has paid in handling. Um not that I really think that's all that appropriate or necessary in a Bentley, but um, it's helpful. Cars, it doesn't hurt. Helpful. A car that handles better is not mm-hmm. not ever going to hurt. I haven't driven the new one yet, but I remember in the old one when they went to the V8, it did become more fun. The V8 oh, yeah. was more fun than the 12 for sure. Way lighter. Well, remember, the crazy thing about that car is you look at that Conti and you know the old one, and you look at it from the side, and you have to realize there is an entire twin turbo 12 cylinder engine in front of the front wheel. <laughs> yeah. Like it's a fucking miracle of design that you don't, that it doesn't look stupid. And yeah. it's a miracle of engineering. The thing just fall on its face into an endo <laughs> while it's parked. Yeah. Um, but they really pulled it off and the V8 weighs so much less than the, uh, than the 12 did. Yeah. It's a huge really difference. Huge I, I think uh, I have found the best use for that 12. Do you know what it is? As a for, car for that W12? twelve, it's a, yeah, it's a coffee table in my cigar lounge. You're a sick, twisted. We man. dipped it in. We right. dipped it in chrome. It's a Bentley W12 block dipped in chrome. Is the coffee Where did table? Where you get a Bentley W12 block? I mean, that's really cool. In England, actually, I it was shockingly cheap because of Brexit. The fucking pound is terrible, so I bought the two edge. It was cheaper to buy these things in England and ship them here. Not to mention, wow. like the repair cost of that thing. It's actually easier to service it now as a table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's two VR6s. I mean, it's yeah. just a it's very crazy. fucked up layout to begin with. It's really cool. Yeah, but I'm, I, I really like to drive the uh, the new one. I'm I'm excited. It, I sat in one for five minutes. I was like, oh, well, this is this is something very yeah. special. Yeah, it is. It's a really nice interior. Drives just as good as it looks. It's fast. You know, it's the same German V8s. They make the same flatulent, unpleasant yeah. sound. The four liter. That, everyone knows the four. <laughs> that was actually, wait, do that again. That was good. <laughs> It just bad, bad. You know, like you compare that, like the Germans want to make fun of American V8s. You go listen to a Chevy V8 and it's unbelievable. The noise and there's all this crazy mid range and harmonics and shit. And then the Germans are like, watch this. <laughs> they all, they all sound exactly. Well, we just drove the, M- the M8. 
And yeah. in the car, we were like, ooh, this thing sounds pretty good. And it's yeah. got the burble thing. And then you did the drive-bys, and I filmed them, and I was like, when is he coming by? It's and like, all, it was really, it's all really speaker quiet. speaker noise? So much speaker noise, yeah. other than the little overrun tune. And Jason is like the best at deciphering speaker noise. He's always fucking picking yeah. it up. Always. Yeah, I'm so, I, I wish I didn't. I just got into a new Civic Si, and I, of course, didn't do my homework before I got in it. And I'm like, I don't remember this last one having this video game shit. And of course, I go home and I read about it. it that is the worst. If you if you want to know what the world sounds like to me, go drive a Civic Si because that is by far the fakest, worst sounding fake noise I've ever heard. Does it heard. sound like every car in Gran Turismo 2? <laughs> exactly. That nasally. Oh, and the the really good. The great VR6. <laughs> That, oh, the VR6 is more like. It's got that, that world, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I spent, like I said, I have no life. Um, but wait, no, what the about weird this thing though? About like, if, in a Civic, I totally understand. A Civic should sound good, and it's not like that car is so insulated that it's not possible to hear the engine. In an M8, right, or in a big GT car like the Bentley GT, or or one of these other cars, like, do you think that like it's just a losing battle to insulation, and they're trying? No. You can no. Yeah. No. No. Oh. No. Yes. Hundred percent. Yeah. They, your your choice as a car company is you can make a sports car or you can make a Grand Tourer. And if you choose to make the Grand Tourer, and which means it's going to be a quiet, smooth ride, you have to reintroduce the engine sound. And this is something that BMW was up against in the F10 Five Series, which is the first uh, V8 that they did uh, active sound on. And they the car was just too quiet. And when I drove one, when I had one at home, I actually on the press launch, I pulled the fuse. Um, which is the only way to, to get it to shut up and it kills yeah. all of the stereo and all the blung, blung, blung stuff that it does. And it was too quiet. So did we lose again? Did you, uh, <clears throat> did you did you then put the fuse back in and just go, oh, yeah. it's actually they made the right call. It's actually better like They this. made the right choice. The reason they put the active sound in is because the guys, the engineers were stalling the engine constantly. <laughs> and I'm like, you're stupid. No way. Sure as shit. I stalled it immediately. You can't hear it at all. That's you funny. You can it's running. So that's, this is the problem is everyone, like the new three series is never going to be a good sports sedan because they engineered it to be a luxury car. You can't isolate everything out and then add parts of it back in with tri trickery, with fake fakeness. You either hear the mechanical noise and you hear all the sounds or it's never going to be authentic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you, but I, but, um, not everybody's doing it digitally. Porsche is still able to, they, they've, they put some kind of, tube right aren't they doing a tube onto the they firewall do, yeah and, and the mid-engine cars especially but i haven't heard i haven't actually seen this yet so it, there's it's very difficult to do like an intake resonance tube when you have boost right because then you have all kinds of weird noises like a supercharger you'd have like the you know the whiny noise and then a, a turbos you'll have whooshing from the air so i'm not entirely convinced that porsche isn't doing something to it i just haven't seen it yet so i yeah. don't know yeah. I haven't pulled one apart. I think Lexus used to do that. They put like a Vuvuzela from like <laughs> in the ISF. <laughs> yeah, they have the intake they, they noise the intake on, the, on that sounds V8. Really good. That V8 yeah, is delightful. Really that's a great V8. They that's don't, a great V8. They don't do speakers on that, right? That's just a tube. I don't think so. I think that's just they a may just to change the tune a little bit, but that intake noise is real. Yeah, that's it's good. LC500's FTW. That's a, that's a, 
They Gorgeous delayed car. the launch Ooh. of the convertible a little bit. But like, I'm real excited for LC500 that's convertible. That's a hot car. That, I don't yeah. ever see LCs on the road. Because like, nobody buys them. Because they sold, they sell six of them because I don't know why. Because I, the infotainment system. That's Probably. Why. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge because reason why. they sell them and the old people who buy them crash them into a tree on the way home <laughs> and then go and stop by a, a Mercedes dealership and buy an SL. Yeah. They, they crash just because they're trying to use the navigation system. Yeah, they went to go turn the radio off. Yeah. <laughs> tree. Oh, I guess the airbags work. Next. And they're like, connect Bluetooth mouth to, to use radio. Right. Uh, Did I say mouth or mouse? You said mouth. You yep, said mouth. Right. It's okay. Bluetooth mouth. Bluetooth mouth. <laughs> that's good. That's a good. Uh, that's my rap name. <laughs> oh, fuck me. You know, it just yeah. got dropped off at fucking this guy's crib. A new DBS uh, Superleggera Volante in fucking Aranciata. Orange. Ooh. Like Lambo Ooh. orange black wheels. It's so aggressive. Is it? Does it look good though? Is it like aggressive in a good way? I have to say, I think it does look good. Mm. This is it. Yeah. Uh, it, this has silver wheels. Mine has black wheels. But I mean, it's definitely not. It's not what Aston has been. But it's not entirely tasteless. Like it could be. It could be tasteless if the interior was orange. But the interior is black, so it's like all right. You know. I think it could work. Look, I don't think any of the current Astons are pretty. And actually, this is a really good topic for us to talk about today because there's some mm -hmm. news today about Aston. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Andy Palmer out. Andy Palmer out. Do you know him? Do you know? Have you met I Andy? met him once. He was. He couldn't have been nicer. He was very friendly when I met him. Yeah. He's like a dude. He just drops f bombs left and right. He's <laughs> yeah. a bit trashy, and like in all the cool ways, he's a genuine car guy. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I. I yeah. I, I. I recorded the Carmudgeon show this morning with with my host Typhon and we were talking about this. I'm like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what forces he was working against. All I know is Aston Martins were absolutely gorgeous under Dr. Ulrich Betts <laughs> and they were amazing. They were better to drive to look at, which is a very high, high bar indeed. And then all of a sudden Palmer comes in and they're hideous and they drive like shit. So sorry. I'm yeah. really glad we're getting Tobias Morris, who is the genius behind most things AMG. Yeah. I mean, I think I was the most disappointed i happen to like the the dbs that i'm that i'm driving and i like the blue one that i drove too but i did not like the db11 but looking but, or driving um driving driving i mean okay. it's not for the same money am i going to buy one instead of a mclaren or a ferrari no but i like it it's nice it's 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 good by all objective measures i think um uh, i mean i guess our versions of objective just, are different but I, huh i just didn't think it was it wasn't better than DB9. Didn't steer well. Didn't it rode poorly? I didn't like the engine. Uh, DB11 or DBS? DB11. I've driven S. S is a, a massive improvement over 11, and you have to believe me. Try you. Try I, I do believe you. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I know yeah. the car just. The, it wasn't like there's inherently anything wrong with the DB11. It just wasn't finished. It was clearly. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> so wait, I heard. Sorry, you broke up. I heard it was clearly. It was it was clearly not finished. Yeah, they hadn't finished tuning it. Um, yeah. so all my complaints about it were just things that that Aston Martin, as we know it, would never let happen. I agree Same with you. The, the DB11 wasn't great. The DBS is much much better. The ride is really good. The steering is sharper. It's it's cool. It's 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 real cool. I'm a fan of it. Um, but the V8 Vantage 
which uses the AMG GT powertrain, except with like a worse gearbox and worse gearbox and tuning. It, and it feels like it's down 70 horsepower yeah. compared to like the, five, the 550 number of the AMG cars. Yeah. It, just, it doesn't feel like it's got it. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't, <clears throat> ha- it didn't really have the goods compared to I, the AMG. Hey, so I have a V8 Vantage coming, I hope, <laughs> on Impress Lawn in two weeks, unless they see this video. Um, I really hope they've improved it because the previous Vantage that I drove was one of the worst new cars I've driven in 10 years. Why? I didn't Everything like it when I drove it either, but I would. But one of the worst so, in 10 years is a big thing. I mean, first of all, so when I say worst, I don't mean that like a Nissan Versa is a better car than, than a Vantage. I mean, you know, if, if my expectation level is here and the customer's expectation level is here, how far off of it was that? And that... Uh, that advantage was just not done. It was not. So like from start, first of all, that V8 sounds like that V8. It's an AMG V8. They can say we've expended huge amounts of resources to make it sound Mm -hmm. and have a timbre of Austin Martin. (laughs) Bullshit. It sounded just as bad as it does in all the AMGs, which is bad or badass, depending on how you like it. But it does not sound like an Aston Martin. Um, But then the powertrain calibration was bad. It was clunky. The shifts were ill-timed. They didn't listen to you. The, the transmission did what it wanted. Um, and as you're coming to a stop for fuel economy, it would neutral, it would like freewheel. And then you're coming off of the brake pedal, and as, which is by wire. And as you're coming off of the brake pedal, it would think, oh, it's time to move again. He wants to go. And it would lurch forward and like go to hit the car in front of you. Um, it, was in, it was actually impossible to drive the car normally. To just yeah. come to a smooth stop. Actually, I, re- I recall that. I, I, they gave me one when it was when it first came out, and I was so I hated it so much that they sent me another one like I a month this. later, and it was better. So if you're getting right. one now, I bet you it's a lot better than that first crop of cars. God, um, so. Is it a stick? Because there's a stick I now, right? Know. There, I would love. I will love this thing if it's a stick, but I, they didn't tell me. So I, there's gonna, gonna be a stick. I don't know if it's out just yet, but there is gonna be a stick, and that may be the thing. That, that may be the thing. Yeah. But here was the other thing: the steering had a problem too. Where so the steering and suspension weren't finished. So the steering has a variable ratio in it, which like Porsches do. Like you know, the more the more you turn the wheel, the faster the ratio gets, um, and that's fine because you don't need a tr- huge amount of precision when you're in the middle of a hairpin. You do need a lot of precision, you know, when you're on a straightaway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but there's a ways of, there's a, you know, always a rampant angle that you'll get. And Porsche has mastered this. Volkswagen uh, is using the guy who used to be at Porsche. So they're doing it well. BMW is starting to do it well. Mercedes first shot at this was in the SL, the really ugly R230. Um, the one where they one. forgot to take the cladding off the prototype. That's the one. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> um, and then, but what happened is you'll get to like 15 or 20 degrees off center. Like you think everything's fine. And all of a sudden there's a sudden ratio change that you can't feel. Like oh, it's not like yeah. it gets heavy or something. And the car just darts to one fucking direction. Or the other. You're like, what the fuck? Oh shit. Sorry. And you pull out. What if um, we just drove something else that does this too? What did we drive recently that does this? The X3 had the weird darty the thing. The X3 had it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sudden ratio change. Yeah. Well, um, it would three wheel motion coming out of a driveway, and then wow. it would like cut power <laughs> because the EP, the EPS would go off, and then it would like suddenly kick in power, and then you like jump out into traffic. Yeah, it was weird like that. Yeah. So go ahead. Sorry. No, it's all right. So they, I mean, so the steering had this weird thing, and then the suspension never settled down. So the front and rear turned at different rates. So you turn in and then the, you know, the rear would go a second later, and then it would start this oscillation where like in a long sweeper, 
it would be all the weight on the outside rear corner of the car, and it would just never settle down. That's what the DB11 did. The, the original one sucked. Too, yeah, DB11 yeah, yeah. was the same way, yep. right? Yeah. Just, I, and I, I just remember I saying to one of the guys that I knew that worked at Aston, like, what the fuck happened to this car? You guys are so good at chassis tuning. And he admitted that we weren't done. Palmer said, get the car out. Get the car. We need the, We need to get the car on sale. Just do it. And the engineers were all upset, but it went and it wasn't ready and yeah uh, dbs I, I, was fixed a lot you should you should give them a ring and have a go at it they've they've done a nice job with this thing i had a, i had fun in the, in the hardtop too it's cool it's a neat car that's cool Does this one have I, a that car, I think fixes <laughs> fixes most of the db11's ugliness too. it does yeah it's cool and and you can but you can make it ugly again if you pick the right color combo <laughs> you can uglify the fuck out of this thing this new, our new hats make aston ugly again bad art can still be expensive yeah buddy Oh um, man, um, what? So, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say. So, what else hot have you driven? I mean, because I, I drove Gunther Works, the the finished Gunther Works car, oh, which really? is which is Gnarls. Um, you know, it's twenty five hundred pounds uh, in a nine nine three with uh, a four hundred and thirty horsepower um, air cooled NA engine. I'm sorry, I don't have any better photos of it handy. Um, uh, and uh, you know it's got two ninety five tires in the front and three three fifteens in the rear, oh so you have this extraordinary turn in and grip, and they use an e pass system from the nine nine three GT two, which was Porsche's first huh. e pass system that I never even heard about. But I it used that. that. I've never given one. Yeah, I hadn't either. They're like two million dollars, and so it uses this crazy power steering system, and you know, it's fucking batshit. It's ba it's completely batshit. It's it's exact. It's everything you think. It's not a singer in terms of every single surface is the most eh, but it's it's up there. It was the very, It was what really was that, nicely pointed inside, though. Huh? What was that word? It's not the most. So, you know, in a singer, it's like that everything is important, right? So perfect. every switch is perfect. Every Everything is perfect. Like, this gets most of the way there, but, like, there's a couple little buttons that are clearly off-the-rack buttons and just a couple things like that. But overwhelmingly, pretty fucking good. Very high quality. You know, it's a full carbon body. They make all their own shit. So Gunther Works is Vorsteiner, secretly. And so they make all their own carbon panels. They make their wheels. They make all the carbon interior panels. Oh, wow. um, they, they've done a really nice job. The car is, you know, it's apparently one second a lap faster around Willow Springs than a brand new GT3. Wow. So. Wow. That's I, great looking. It is great looking. Look. Yeah, I got, a, I mean, so many pictures. You know, I, I went up to Newcomb's with it and stole the show. Everybody, you know, went nuts. Um, it has a sport mode, which on an air-cooled engine is pretty pretty cool, pretty um, with a valved exhaust, you know, and it has air conditioning, and it's got that super, super expensive Porsche radio that nobody should ever buy. Um, Wait, is it the one that looks like the old one? It's the one that looks like the old one, but it has, like, GPS and shit in it. It's like $3,000 yeah. for a head yep. unit. Like, you should not buy that. Um, but, it's hey, look, it's put together really well, and it, it's beautiful to drive. It's very, very fast. But, you know, if you, if you want to critique it, which I do in the video, and I can to you, I bet you're going to have – here's a game, Jason. What happens – when you modify a Porsche with 295 front tires, even if you have correct suspension geometries and you get into hard braking in the canyons. 
And you get into heartbreaking, like yeah, well, goodbye. You get you get a you get a really sweaty palms, uh, two hands on the wheel experience, which they're trying very hard to dial out, but it's just not gonna. The red, the first one I drove had two forty-five fronts. This has two ninety-five fronts. I feel like they should probably be selling it with two sixty-fives, maybe. In the front. So are they? Is it just tramlining and following every rut yes. in the road? Yes. Only yeah. under braking. In fairness, it doesn't do it on the freeway, and it doesn't do it under power. But when you load up the nose, it gets because it's a short wheelbase car with two ninety-fives in the front. Man, it gets a little and no, and no weight up there. That's the weird thing. Is I mean, right. you know, if the whole car is only twenty-five hundred pounds, what could be there? A thousand pounds on that axle? Yeah. Not enough not a, weight. Not for a much. Yeah, yeah. So I think they wanted the look and they probably wanted a, a lateral g number that's probably very fucking high and on a real on a smooth track they probably they probably get it but for a street car i would dial back that front tire a little bit but otherwise pretty goddamn good have you ever driven a lancia delta integrale yes they rule I, i've just spent a week with one a week uh, well so we have one so my new my here we go self-promotion my new my new series for the east me channel is uh, spotlight which is the sort of covid approved like basically just me and the guys in one of the guys in, in a warehouse doing these videos there they are um and uh so we did the we did first one i did was on the bugatti veyron which we have in the office for sale and it's the veyron 300 so it's the final coupe ever built and i'm like okay fuck it let's do something and my my goal on these is let me add something to the conversation let me add, explain something that you probably don't know about the car um so i sort of you know click betaly title that one why the second bugatti veyron is better because the 1200 horsepower car is not the thousand horsepower car. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, and then, and then I did the Polestar one because I think that thing is so gorgeous and it's um, a total head scratcher. Why a new electric performance brand would make a gas powered first car. And so I figured out what happened there. Third one was, I read Maserati. that story in road and track, uh, the road and track story track. with that too, which yeah. I just arrived at my doorstep recently. It's very good. And uh, my, my Polestar one loan was canceled for coronavirus, but it was put back on the books for in uh, July. So I'm super excited to drive Polestar one. I was this so bummed when it was canceled. You, I think, will really like that car. It is definitely, it's special. The car is not, I mean, people are like, $160,000 Volvo. Come no, on. I get it's it. hand-built carbon fiber. The I whole get car, it. not just the body panels, the whole structure, the whole car. It's, it's really, it's a neat thing. I, I can I can appreciate it even just by looking at it in pictures. It's ridiculously pretty. It's I feel so like beautiful. if you liked the Aston Martin Virage, you have to like it <laughs> you from a styling to. perspective. Yeah. It looks yeah, really good in person. People, we got more looks from that thing when we had I, one than anything else. I had people ringing, literally ringing my doorbell to ask me questions about it. You know and what I can't ascertain I is what, what size is it? It is uh, five inches shorter. It's a little bit shorter than a three series, but a lot wider. Okay. So it's actually, it's not big. I mean, it's, you like, know, it's, it's an XC60 with a wheelbase cut. Okay. Or an, an S60. So like Bentley GT size, right? Smaller. Smaller. Oh. Smaller. Yeah. Oh. The GT is, it's, it's actually small. The back seat is hilarious. Yeah. Like, <laughs> good, uh, an amputee baby is not fitting. Um, so it's pretty little, but it's very wide. And on the road, it looks ridiculously, it almost looks, and I, I'm exaggerating a bit, but it almost looks a little bit testarossa in that you get this square section of, of trunk that's really wide and really low. Yeah. Um, 
from the back. It's like pictures do not do this. I think Zach has actually, no offense, chosen a bad picture. Give me a side yeah. profile. Oh, I need this. You need the side profile to really appreciate it, or the rear three quarter maybe. If you look, I posted a bunch of pictures on that's the, the that's the um, angle right there. Look at that. That's fucking that. hot. Yeah, the back looks but low. You see how those taillights sort of and the trunk lid form like a square, basically. Uh-huh. That's like knee height. I'm exaggerating. But oh. I mean, it's really low and oh. wide. Um, and when it's in front of you and like the whole thing takes up a whole lane and then it's only like, you know, it's low to the ground. It's fucking stunning. Yeah. Cool. Stunning car. Yeah. And based um, on your, uh, your, I didn't see any videos, but based on your written piece, it, uh, it drives good too. It drives. I mean, it's Olin's shocks. Yeah. Olin's, however you want to pronounce it. I mean, they, Volvo, that steering, if BMW fucking wishes they could do steering like this now. Um, steering's great. The brakes were great. The car is just magic. It's rad. Really cool. Something really neat. You know, I had a um, go. Have you had a go in a customer vet yet in a production C8? No. They yet. fixed the gearbox, you know. Did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh-huh. real good. It's like, it's, yeah, you're going to like it now. The fuck, the gearbox is nice and tight. Shifts are really good. Cool. No more I, you of that know, slot. We were, I was pretty tough on that car. And, you know, they, General Motors was very mad at me. Um, and it all came down to the headline of good, not great, which I don't even think I wrote. Someone else wrote. And we don't yeah, write our good. own headlines. People, huh? I know. You and I don't write our own headlines. Oh, but, I mean, basically death threats from General Motors. Oh, no. What are you talking about? I'm like, I said it's good. What the fuck do you want? <laughs> like, you know, they, but they were very much like, you know, very upset with it. I'm like, oh, just no. Get, fix some problems. But the card wasn't magic. No, it wasn't uh, magic, but it was pretty good. But the customer car I drove, okay. they have tuned the gearbox good. properly. I just I think they've done a nice job with that. You know, cool. there was some other issues. The panel gaps were all kind of fucked up. But but uh, but the gearbox tune was they they promised that it would improve since last did. year, and it did. They were not kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good car. It's not. Not, uh, the people I know three people who have bought them, and all three of those folks are happy with it. They all, all think that for the money they spent on it, mid seventies, they're like, "Yeah, it's cool." About it, well, yeah. and you did a really good test in the car, uh, like during the one take, of, like lower speed shifts, light throttle, letting it shift itself, because those were problems that I noticed when I drove it with you know with you on the P. Yeah. Cody thing. Unless you were flat out, it kind of would get confused, but it shifted really quick and smooth yeah. up and down. Yeah, no, the, the that was our, the, uh, the track, it was great. On the street, it was like a little like, whoa, this is a little not- It would not, surge, yeah. it would shift late. Yeah, they weird. fixed all that shit. I, 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 I'm shocked at how fast it shifts considering it's a small block. You know, they did. Well, a and, show. you know, look, they had a lot of time to fix it. They, yeah. GM shut their plants down for months <laughs> yeah. on that strike. And, you know, while that's happening and the car's not being built, they can go back and iterate and make the programming fine. Like all the things Aston Martin didn't do on the V8 Bandit. Right? Yeah. So, like, though, it's it, the devil's in the details with car programming, man. Like, you can really ruin a whole car by just fucking up. Yeah. The tuning. I mean, look at all the ZF gearboxes. I mean, there's like a such a su- there's an enormous spread in yep. this is good, this is acceptable, this is unacceptable, right. you know, or this is fantastic. And we've yeah. had, I've seen Zach and I have seen some really good programming in some really unlikely places. Maserati Levante. Yeah. Why why yeah. is that so fucking good? <laughs> when did they learn how to build cars properly? I don't, like, I don't know. They Why? didn't, but they, they have never learned to build cars properly. But they learned how to t- tune a transmission. Yeah, right. they figured yeah. that out. That's, that shit worked. That, that worked nice. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was. And the you think that's the same uh, same transmission that's in an Audi A8? 
Yeah, and a fucking Ram 1500. Like, <laughs> and all kinds Great of luxury crazy truck, stuff. But, yeah. but apparently, I don't know. Look at Edmund's article about that, that truck. Not doing so well. Oh, their long-termers, like, falling apart. Yeah, yeah but when it's oh, only yeah. 35,000 miles, it's like a short-termer, I feel like. And they said body panels, or no, interior panels are falling off, which uh, is such that's a bar. bad. That's very bad. I mean, look, you're buying Chrysler product, what do you expect? I know, but you shouldn't, man. And I know we all do, but man, it just sucks. It's, it's tempting. Way. It's tempting to lease one of those fucking thirty k on the hood, Julia's. You know? You're mm-hmm. like, wow, oh, this might be I, worthwhile. Hundred percent would lease a Julia Ti. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent in a second. Yeah. If I needed like a four door sedan, like gas powered car, what, what else would you possibly lease in that category? Yeah, that's they're down to the price of a cell phone bill at this point. <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but cool. I would take it over like a comparably priced three series like that. Uh, look, all of them. All the, the entire car industry is going to be selling cars for eighty nine dollars a month. Here. Yeah, no shit. They don't seem to realize like it's over for the next two years until we have a vaccine. Like yeah. no one's buying anything, guys. Have the TIs not had the the problems that the Quattroporte had or Quattrofolio had? Quattrofolio, no. Really? No, they're reliable. Uh-huh. Everyone I know that has one has never. It's never seen a dealership. Oh, really? Wow. So the problem is with that Quattrofolio powertrain and its associated shit. Computers on the on the V6, yeah. They seem to be fine. Like I've never, I've literally never even heard of anyone having a four cylinder problem. Really, people I know. Oh, that's interesting. That's good to know. I like to. I don't think I've ever driven the four cylinder Julia. I'm gonna have to have a go. Oh my god, do it! I drove a four cylinder Stelvio. It had crazy turbo lag. Like like old school zingy turbo lag. You're dealing with uh, you know a two liter engine moving a beast of an SUV. I mean. There's just only there's only so much science can do. <laughs> I know. Um, Yo, we got the, so many questions from people right now. Let me, dude. Let me look through to sort them, but we Zach, uh, we Zach, we'll send Zach down a the prioritizing rabbit hole. We'll make okay. them the most. We'll, we'll sort them by importance. Um, and if we don't get to everyone's, like, yo, that's just the way it's going to be today. Because all right. what the fuck was that? You all right there? Uh, yeah, I, the the wind just blew, and a uh, painting, actually, a lovely painting of my E30, just flew off the wall. Oh, hit a piano, that. literally hit a piano on the way down. <laughs> that's, um, that's a good one. And seems Ooh. to have survived. There's so. an E30 touring uh, with an M3 engine swap on Bring a Trailer right now. It's high miles, but it looks pretty good. It's got like an M Technic kind of interior. It's pretty sweet. Mm, I'm gonna check that out. I know. There's a lot. There's a lot on uh, on the auction sites that I'm I'm at there, home twiddling my thumbs. I'm, I'm watching everything, but luckily I'm I am finally at a point at you know my old age that I have everything I want. And I can't handle it. So like, there's no chance of me buying anything else except it, a couple of things. Are you finding that when you have, how many cars you had now? Five or six? Seven. Seven. Yeah. See, it's like work just to deal with those. I can't, I can't keep up with it. Yeah. I mean, you know, this, I got to think which one, like when was the last time I drove it with, with five or six, four or five, it's okay. But now be, between lockdown and then I was, I was on a full press car rotation and I finally just stopped. Cause I can't deal with it anymore. Like I want to drive my own cars, but seven cars plus a press car and, yeah. and having nowhere to go. Was... <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. You have, I have, I have, I'm at four, which for me is, is low, but for anyone else is completely absurd and a press car. And I'm like, I just, I have nowhere to fucking go. I need so to like, I, just drive you have like, circles. Do you put like a certain amount of minimum miles on every press car you get? Cause like, so they're like a one week loan. Yeah. And I've always had like a minimum and I've had to let I, I try really hard. Yeah, no, I mean, fortunately, if I go to the canyons and back, it, just that is like 150 plus. So it's not oh, like I'm ever doing less wow. than that. But like, because it's far. But um, 
Yeah, I try to do at least 200 if I can, and I usually will end up doing more than that. But it's it's been t- it's been tough for some of the recent ones. I so, just haven't anywhere to fucking go, man. I, you know. So this is the difference, I think, between where you live and where I live, because I try for 100. Like, and 100 takes me, if I daily, if I drove, like this is before lockdown, use that car exclusively for everything I did, it would take me five or six days to get to 100 miles. Because uh, from my house to the canyon road that I use as my test loop is maybe two tenths of a mile literally <laughs> on my street. so i go yeah, and do yeah, this yeah. loop be- between like me and the, my house and back on that road and that's 13 miles and it's the brakes are on fire i'm out of gas <laughs> i mean like it's just the world's most abusive road and then if i drive to any of my friends in the city and back so i live right north of the golden gate bridge and right north of san francisco so i can drive from my house and i get twisty road from my house for you know like a mile and then suburban like streets for a mile and then nine miles of highway that includes a thousand foot mountain climb basically. And then down across the golden gate bridge where I always have side winds um, and you know, hail and fucking rain and shit in the middle of summer and fog. And then I wound up in San Francisco where I go up to Visadero, which is 30 something percent grade. And then, you know, and potholes everywhere. And then I get home and that's 30 miles and I've done every single condition you can possibly think of. So That's great. now my rule is like my rule was always 100 miles, and now after coronavirus, it's 30. <laughs> like if I put if I do one one loop of like back to the city, including the the, the crazy insane twisty back road, I could write a 12 page road test, no problem on everything except for like stereos, yeah, and yeah, stuff, whatever. But well, I've gotten look, everything man, I need. If I you're micromanaging bad. your time, then you're, I mean, you're obviously in tune enough with cars that you have a route, you've got a routine, fucking do it. Don't, you don't yeah. need to do, you don't need to have miles just to have miles. But it feels bad. Like you give me a car for a week and I'm, you know, I write an Insta review of everything I, I drive. I'm like, wow, did I only actually put 47 miles on this car? Oh, but I can't go anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, the only, those 47 miles are me driving the car and paying attention to everything and doing it for the purpose of reviewing the car. And then I got to stop taking fucking pictures of it. No, I need to start it like a GoFundMe or a, <laughs> even a Patreon. Like, look, these pictures are a pain in the ass. <laughs> Patreon for a photographer. You could get a photographic intern for sure, but you'd have to talk to somebody. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Yeah, I don't, yeah, that's I don't worry about coronavirus. I just don't like people. I know <laughs> so, what you mean. People are like, can I help you? I'm like, you don't understand how much I enjoy shooting by myself. That's right. really, really yeah. efficient. It's really nice. I don't have to do anything along. It's the that, only that time of the day crying. you don't have to talk. Yeah, it is. Like yeah. your phone. There's no service up there. Yeah, you don't have to be on the phone. You be on Slack or any of that shit. It's, it's nice. great. I and I always it's it's probably the peak stress of my entire week is when I come home from a half a day in the canyons to that pile of emails and phone calls and shit. That's probably the highest stress I have throughout the week. Unless something terrible happens, like today, <laughs> when something terrible happened to my construction site. Of the, the flood. Oh, dude, Camisa, oh. listen to me bitch for a second about this. So we have to, one of the very last things we have to do is repave the street behind my building. The alley, not, not Sentinel, not the major street. Okay. So... And we have to replace the concrete swale in the middle, the thing in the middle of the alley that collects the water because we don't have sewers, right? So last weekend, over the weekend, we replaced the swale. They put they put plates over it so it's cured. It's good, right? Today, they went in. They dug out the whole shit. They dug, had to dig a foot down, right, the whole alley. Unrelated, as they're digging, someone is maintaining an underground pipe up the road. The pipe explodes. Oh. 
Unrelated. Pipe explodes. Okay. The water flows down the alley and fills my open trench with a river, a fucking (laughs) a flowing river of water through my open trench. So now we can't pave until they they fix it. They're fixing it right now, but we can't pave until not only the water stops, but until it dries, dries because out. you can't compact yeah. it. So, but it didn't like, <laughs> did it fill your basement? Up? No, 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 it didn't okay. because because we cut the road open because I cut a river fucking for it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. Well, at least it didn't flood the facility. No, I it mean, didn't flood the facility. It just, it just, we, we had a whole... We had a, a, a paving crew show up today to find a river and go, oh, well, God. so yeah. The, the one good thing about construction though. is it makes you realize just how everything could always be worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I find a way uh, to make, I, up until this point, I've found a way to make everything that's gone wrong my fault. It's all gone wrong because I didn't know something or I didn't do something and I, I carry the weight of the world on my shoulders. But coronavirus and this fucking flood Definitely not my We're fault. We're not your fault. <laughs> Had you picked a different day, Matt, no. Clearly, this was your fault. Yep. Okay. Yep. Oh, yep. man. All right, That's Zach, nice. what do right. the people have to say to us? All right, Jason, so our mutual Ferrari friend, Caspar, uh, says 20 bucks, you can do a Ferrari 308 sound with your mouth. Mm. A 308 impression? It, it just sounds like a four-sounder. Uh, wow. I think 20 bucks <laughs> is going to have to be on him because that... It's not a, it's just a. That's pretty good. That is a good one. That's a good 308 sound. I mean, yeah, it sounds like a four-sounder. There's but a high the mile. Close to space, so you, you get the. There's a, there you go. a high Where's mile 328 on bring a trailer right now that has my, has my eye. Mm, no, thanks. No, no fuel injected. You're not about, not about the 328s. Oh, three, no, 308 don't. GT4 Dinos only. Carbureted that, only. That, pull that up, Zach. The spiker that's on Bring a Trailer right now, that's a fan of the smoking tire. I want to plug his listing. He sent that to me. Uh, that's a dude I interact with on, on Instagram fairly regularly. His spiker <sighs> is for sale, and it has an early propeller wheel, and it has the uh, the hockey puck key, the silver hockey puck key, and it's a f- weird color. It's like olive brown metallic or something. It looks Awesome. It's it has the perfect interior spec of uh like cam like Connolly leather with the propeller steering wheel. The propeller steering wheel is clutch. Unbelievable. Very rare for the Stunning for early car. cars to have this. Stunning. Someone buy it. Two thousand six. It's an early so that car. Was clearly non non airbag and yeah. non compliant. Yeah, early car, and it's got her royal highness's matched luggage. Amazing. Comes with it. That's yeah. really cool. So phenomenal. He's beautiful. a fan of the smoking tire. I'll shout out your your bring a trailer listing. Um. Okay, All yeah. Right. Um, 308, 308 impression. Check. Well done. <laughs> Check. All right, this guy is looking at uh, his first car, E3325 or Alpha Spider, and he says, parentheses, yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> if he works on cars, either, otherwise, E30. No, E30. E30. Alpha, Alpha Spiders. I would not want an Alpha Spider as a first car. I would want an E30 is a much more solid thing. Yeah, in every way. Yeah. In every way. All right, E30s are good. They're good cars. They're just a lot overall. Of they're they're they don't have any problem areas. Yeah, like you do a timing belt and that's it. Yeah, I mean, and little E30, thing breaks, but they teach you how to work on them. A three twenty five convertible M Technique is on my list of things I'd want at some point. They're cool. cool. They're cool. They're expensive. I know. That's I'm that's, always shocked at how how much money they are. 
The M Technique specifically? Yeah. Yeah, they're like 25, yeah. 30,000 bucks. It's like, I oh, know. it's too much for an E30. It's just an appearance package. It's not like anything else. Not Did like you see Tony Caroga's convertible? Oh, yeah. He's got the, he got the deal. His is dope. He stole that car. We're not going to say what he, what he, paid he told for, me what he, he paid for it and it was, it was a deal. Not enough. Yeah, it was yeah, a deal. And if someone else really is desperate to get rid of theirs, give me <laughs> up. I will pay that little for it for one, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rich Tucker says, what cars under $20,000, uh, used or new, have feedback near an Elise or an Adam? Um, those felt like holding a rod in each hand when you drove them, but, uh, I don't know. Is there anything out there that like, like what is the best steering feel nowadays? 20,000 under 20,000 bucks. Yeah. I mean, Miata. there is nothing uh, that's even in the same league as an Elise because even most, only the best hydraulic systems have as much feedback as, um, as an Elise. So you'd have to get a 997. Yeah. 911 to get close. And I, you're not going to get one out of 20 grand. I mean, you could have something, if you wanted something that steers really good, you could get a, a BRZ. You know, yeah. BRZ steers really good for a normal car. It's it steers for a normal great. Car, yeah. yeah, or you could get like a '90s Civic and do a couple little mods that you needed to do, and that would steer amazing too. I think the I think the BRZ but, has a quicker rack, so yeah. and this guy that would probably work the best. Yeah, yeah but the it's electric power assist, and I don't particularly care for the way that that like it doesn't know where on it's like straight ahead is and like all the things that i love mm. about steering that like all that tactile stuff it doesn't do yeah. so i would say under 20 like na miata has got pretty good steering especially if you'd get the non-power assisted one um but like an e30 has pretty good steering alpha milano has pretty good steering uh, those are all under twenty thousand bucks yeah uh, e36 E36, especially if you get a quicker rack, like if you put a Z, the Z3, Z3 rack, rack or whatever. 1.9 rack in it. Yeah. Hard to find. Um, Very hard yeah. to find. Cool. All right. Uh, Tune Squad asked, uh, the car industry is in trouble. You got electrification, global financial crisis, and uh, products led by the wrong people. Who will lead the industry out of this? This abyss. Morgan. This calamity. Morgan. Morgan. <laughs> somebody get, left the industry long ago anyway. Somebody get Charles Morgan on the phone and teach us ever how to make cars again. Yikes. <laughs> I feel like he just looked uh, up from a tree and was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, that's a lot of pressure. No, I'm chilling with, yeah. with these hoes. Please. <laughs> that I made from the wood. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's good. I, th that joke had layers to it, Zach. Yeah. Who will who will emerge victorious? I mean, Porsche seems to be doing okay. I haven't Porsche's heard a lot of bad news from Porsche. I think Ferrari's stock is is well up. I don't think Ferrari's taking any hits. Um, I, I think Ferrari's in trouble. I don't they? think they're going to go anywhere. But I know that McLaren's in big trouble. Oh, that yeah. was well. That was a story today that they're about to have to do some extreme moves. But I'm going to make a bigger, bolder prediction. I'm going to say that. One of the big, either Nissan or Fiat Chrysler, isn't going to survive this. I think Nissan's probably more likely. They don't have much. Jeep is floating. Fiat Chrysler, right? Jeep and right. Ram. Jeep and Ram. Yeah. I mean, think about all of the brands that are in Fiat Chrysler and who's doing well. So, I mean, you have Dodge not doing well. They have one car. You have Ram doing fine. Um, you have Jeep doing fine, and then you have everyone else. Alfa Romeo's not doing well. Lancia's dead. Um, Chrysler's gone. I mean, do you think? Just, do you think that's why Jeep and Ram split off? Like, I know they did it. You know, it's like, oh, it's a branding thing. But are they also like, let's move out of the house before the house burns down? There's a reason why Ferrari split off from Fiat Chrysler. Mm. 
I mean, you know, they take the ones with value and get, get out. Wow. Um, I, I really worry about Fiat Chrysler. I don't think they have any compelling products like in any of their brands. Yeah. Like what does Alfa Romeo have? I, I mean, we love, I love the Julia. I love the Stelvio but, and the 4C recently departed. But what, what does that brand, what does that company have when you're supporting, you know, all of Alfa Romeo with no real product, all of Lancia with no product at all, all Fiat, like the new 500 is adorable. We're not getting it in the U.S., um, Chrysler has no cars. Dodge has a 30 year old Mercedes rebadged with Hellcat motors in it. Um, there's just no substance left to this company. Um, and I really, it scares me. Yeah. They've, they've really squeezed every last drop of juice out of their, out of their products. Yeah. Yeah. And same with Nissan. I mean, Nissan's the fucked. They don't have anything. I mean, infinity, like if infinity survives this, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I, there are a lot of wonderful people who work for Infinity, and I don't want—I don't wish any of them ill. But what the fuck does that company? Why are they still here? I don't know what yeah. they. I don't know what they make that that is desirable in really any way at the moment. Not, nothing. There's nothing to differentiate it. Or, here's a. Somebody's got to be the worst in every class, and <laughs> yeah. somebody's got to take last place. And every single car, every class you look in, it's a Nissan. Yeah. So. What, what what are you still doing here? <laughs> Sorry, like and your and your own boss had to escape in a piano box? No, like, even he was like, "Give me the fuck out of here." So yeah, no, I shouldn't joke. Yeah, who's the best positioned right now? Porsche probably. Yeah, the Volkswagen Group. I yeah, think. I mean Porsche being part of that. VW is just they'll be fine. First yeah. of all, Dieselgate will go down in history as the best thing to ever happen to Volkswagen. Um, because it forced the Germans, like, knock some fucking sense into them. And, and like, you got to take electric cars seriously and knock it off with your old school shit. Um, and Taycan is a direct result of that. I don't think Taycan is going to be a commercial huge success. Um, but the next one that comes after this and all the learnings that they have from this will really position them so far ahead yeah. of Yeah. Yo, I'm super stoked for an electric Macan. Not even going to lie. I think that's going to be amazing for the mm -hmm. city. I'm really excited for that product. Yeah. So I think VW will do just yeah. fine. I don't think Ferrari will. I mean, like the other the luxury small brands are in, in trouble, but yeah, Porsche will be fine. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, what's the best engine ever? Um, this guy's like overbuilt, you know, route like the 1UZ or something like uh, the Speciale's NAV8. The best engine ever. The best engine ever. That's a little bit too broad of a question to answer. It really is. All right. Is. What's the best V8 ever? Let's change it. What's the Small best ball. W12 ever? I mean, I, I would have to say, <laughs> I know. if we want to go on over-engineering, the 2004 Ford GT engine, you can hand, you can Ooh. put triple the stock horsepower through that engine without changing the internals of it and without upgrading the gearbox. That's pretty good. That's a good sign. That's a yeah. good sign. And it sounds nice. Yeah. Generally, generally very pleasant and appreciated by everybody. It's not a shitty motor. It's got four cams. It's got a supercharger. Here's here's why I would say small block over that though. Like that thing has been in production for 171 years. They've never one not one has ever broken in the history of the world. <laughs> they can they can either make 11 horsepower and get one mile per gallon, or can make 500 and get 30 miles per gallon. Um, they're incredibly simple. They're small. They're cheap. They're and they just they sound great. So like they're like if there's one V8, it, I can't believe I'm saying this that like a cam in block non-overhead yeah. valve uh, like not overhead cam shitty v8 from the 60s is won the race 
Yeah, it just works. Just it working just works. goes a long way. <laughs> just yeah, really Talk to somebody who's got like an E92 M3 spun every rod bearing at 30,000 miles. Sometimes working is better than advanced. Bro, Most people ask time. us about these projects all the time. Like, what should I do? It's like you buy a car that you can turn a key and, and be driving tomorrow. That's what you yeah. want. Not some. Well, because most of the people that ask it ask, should I buy this car that is stock and exists? Yeah. Or this idea? Right. And when they're not right. telling us, like, well, I, I work in a shop or I'm a fabricator, they just say, should I buy an M3 that is a complete vehicle from a factory? Or should I swap in a Honda Civic engine into the back of an MR2? <laughs> You're like, these are very different things. Very different things. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, why don't we think the Z3 and Z3M Roadsters get more love? At their core, they're classic BMWs. Is their existence. Uh, is, is it the mere existence of Miatas and S2000s that kind of uh, knocks them down? Camisa, you want to have at that one? Okay. Um, nothing <laughs> nice about it. He wa- there's, never, there's nothing that Camisa doesn't have thoughts about. So, <laughs> Okay. BMW has never made a good sports car ever, and this is a perfect example. It's based on a sports, like a sporty luxury sedan, effectively, and it's a 1,000 pounds obese. You're never going to have a wonderful sports car no matter how beautiful it is. And the Z3 is beautiful, but it drives like uh, a neutered sedan. It doesn't drive as well as the sedan that it's based on, And frankly. Um, and what is good for a sedan is not good for a sports car. Mm-hmm. You ever fuck with a Z1? Yes. Z1 seems like where it's really at. Yeah. Because the body's yeah. made of plastic, and so yeah. it doesn't weigh as much. And they, they weigh 2,800 pounds, which is the yeah. same. So it is an E30. It's the same. It's basically my wagon with a plastic convertible body on it. Um, Has anyone ever done like an S fifty four swap in a Z one? That would be the jam with the roll down door. That'd be so sick. You twist it like a pretzel when you drop that. It's got to have such a soft, soft (laughs) chassis. That'd be fun. You drove. I I would do an S fifty B thirty two. Did you uh, drive one? Oh yeah. Is it awesome? It's awesome. It's it's awesome. So that is. So actually, maybe you've just proven me wrong when I said BMW has never made a great sports car because that 328 in the back is actually one of the best pre-war cars. Well, it is the best pre-war car, period. Um, and then that Z1 is um, is sports car. I guess it's probably more of a GT, but it's fun. It sounds great because it's an M20. It's a 325i motor. Um, and uh, it sounds good. The steering's good. It looks great. I, I, like this, I always like the seats on them. I thought the seats yeah. were very cool on these neat looking the whole car is it's just a cool project Derek Um, these are really expensive to get in America right now though they went from 30 grand to 100 grand in about two years I was in the process of trying to buy one from some woman in Berlin and it was 30,000 euro yeah and we were a thousand euro apart from each other and I went and had a pre-purchase inspection done because I couldn't go and it came back and it needed like $3,500 with stuff and I'm like okay so just knock 3,500 off or 3,500 euro of the price and I'll give you a full asking price. And she's like, no, I don't think so. And I'm like, all right, then I'm out. And like a week later, the car's worth fucking $90,000. I'm so pissed. Damn it, there goes my shot to ever own one. Yeah, no, they're they're super expensive now. The time to buy one would have been five years ago when they were worth six pennies. Um, I'm hoping that happens to Lotus Elise's because I already have mine. (laughs) So waiting for that moment. Well, on a related note, uh, Joe Leonard says, in what ways has BMW lost uh, what made them great? What car brands like this, uh, what what can car brands do to regain their prominence? 
Well, what has BMW lost that made them great? Every, literally everything. <laughs> it's like a wind-up toy. Yeah. I, I just don't think any, other than the M2, I don't think any of the cars that BMW makes are appropriate for the brand. Or what people expect from the history of the brand, which was, you know, in, involvement. Like good engineering, simple engineering, and involvement. They're, they're vastly overcomplicated pseudo luxury cars that try to hit this ultimate driving ideal in the wrong way. It's all numbers, 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 and never about the way they make you feel. Um, plus they got four times the size they should be like a current three series is bigger than an old seven series. Yeah. They've lost, you. they've lost literally everything. I'm with yeah. you. Despite the fact that I did enjoy my week in the X three M. It's not that they're horrible cars. No. Most of them. X3 is, I think, the, the best product that BMW makes overall. Like, I think I, it's better than yeah. 3 Series. Um, but I don't think it's what BMW should be making. Like, the 3, put it this way, the 3 Series is definitely not a 3 Series. There's nothing 3 Series about that. It's not the best driving car in its class. It's not simple. It's not small. It's not involving. It doesn't do anything well. What the, what's the point? Why would I buy that over a, a Mazda 3? You know who makes a good three series? Hyundai Gen uh, the Genesis G seventy. It's a very Better good three, three series. series. Yeah. It's a very the Alpha nice Julia. Julia. I mean, the Alpha Julia is the best three series on the market. Hmm. Up there with you know the the Genesis stuff. Uh, and how can they get it back? Understand who you are and have the confidence to stick with it. I mean, the car companies that we like the most are the are the car companies who understand that you're not going to be everything to everyone, but you're going to be everything to someone. And that's you know like Porsche GT cars. Not everyone wants a GT3, but the people who want one really want one. Um, and, you know, AMG uh, for the longest time before they sold out with these like pseudo AMG sport versions understood like this isn't going to appeal to everyone, but it's going to be really great for a lot of people. And the Germans are very bad at saying we're going to keep this a niche. So now, like, you know, Lamborghini Urus is the best example of that. Like, come on, it's not a Lamborghini. It's a fucking Audi Q, Q8 um, with a Lamborghini body on it. And that's, the beginning of the erosion of that brand. Um, then it just becomes just, oh, it's another variant in our portfolio of platform shared vehicles. It seems like BMW, they're just they're just going after as much money and as many markets as possible, but, and then using <laughs> using the roundel and just saying like, remember, we're the best, the ultimate driving machine. It's like, even though they haven't been that for 10 yeah. years, 15 years, and, and so many of the models aren't that at all. Yeah. But like, I wonder how long you can kind of ride on that uh, on the cred that you built over a while, thirty years, a while yeah. you can get a it. Long you, yeah, time. a lot. It's got a long tail on it. And if your market, if the if the market is big enough, where most of the people that are buying the cars don't really care that the car isn't the perfect thing that we love, you know, do they care? Well, most people, I don't think, see the nuance that folks like us see. Right. Most people don't drive as many comparative vehicles as as we do, and if they do, they just drive it around the block or around their town. They don't, they're not taking everything in the canyons, and they see good magazine numbers, and they go, "Well, that's a half a second faster at whatever," and they they equate that with being better. Totally. Yeah. But how how many simple. people do you guys know in the who in the car world, like genuinely car guys or car girls, people who love driving and love cars, who current or have current who own current BMWs? Uh, there's a couple M3s floating around, and Tom, our friend Tom Segura, the comedian, has a dine-in modified M2, which I approve okay. of, uh, right. but not not a ton, not a ton. Yeah, I know one person with an M2. And that's it. Yeah. No one else. I don't know a single person who owns a three series, a four series, a five series, a six series, a seven, or an eight. I also I also think that most people in my circle, our circle, like 
tend to not buy brand new cars if they're going to buy enthusiast shit. Like they'll buy a yeah. commuter vehicle, like a Camry, and then they'll have something old and cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think we're not yeah. a great test group. I, yeah, but I just don't think anyone in the in the automotive community is buying these cars anymore. Um, I, there, everyone I know that used to have a Tesla uh, has a, have a three series now has a Tesla Model a uh, Model Three. Yeah, yeah, or GTI. Well, the, yeah, the three the just, Model Three performance is taking a lot of BMW customers in Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, you go to Cars and Coffee, and like you know, if it's a rainy day and the people don't want to take their their special cars out, it's just a lineup here of. 35 model three people bring model threes to cars and coffee that's fucking lame. oh and park them in the back lot oh all right. like they'll, they'll park them in the back lot because it's like raining and or whatever i'm talking about like you know if they can't bring their i get it yeah 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 mine's one of forty thousand gray ones i mean it's really funny so at ecme at the office um we have you know like all of us who we're not there every day anymore but you know all of us who work there and then clients will come up and you know these are people who have 10 15 million dollars worth of cars just sitting around um and they all show up in their electric dailies it's hilarious like you know like the owner of the company's got a volt a bolt excuse me um and one of the other guys one of the mechanics has a fiat 500e there are two e-golfs among us and then the customers show up in like a smart or a volt or a bolt or teslas or whatever and then we all just kind of came to the same conclusion like you live in a city in san francisco we need a compact car um so there's nothing really huge and I just want to get in something in Florida out of the driveway and not think about having to warm it up. Yeah. Um, not having to think about oil changes. I just don't give a fuck. I never have to want to stop to get gas. And so everyone here drives an electric car. Um, and then on the weekends or for fun, we have old stinky carbureted or, you know, ill, ill running German fuel injected shit. Um, and then, I'm about this life. I'm about this choice. This is good. I have, I have EV chargers at Westside collector car storage for this purpose, because I think, a lot of our customers are going to have EV dailies, and I might one one day get another EV daily. Dude, I'm fucking with this vintage electric uh, e-bike. Dude, this thing is so sick. It goes 35 miles an hour and has a 75-mile range. A bicycle. When you say vintage, how old is this thing? Uh, brand new. The, the brand okay. is called Vintage Electric. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, like a 30-year-old. <laughs> No, uh, look at this thing. Mine is the Scrambler. Um, oh, cool. This thing, it's got suspension on it, and it it absolutely mobs. And I charge it up in a couple wow. hours at my in my garage, and I've got 75 miles of range, and I can fly. Like, it's so as fast as like a motorcycle. A, it's an e-bike, but it's like a moped, right? Like, it drives itself. It, you do it not pedal. You, it has a throttle okay. on it. Yeah. yeah. It's so, a, I had a specialized turbo. Um, that they gave me on a press loan to do a column or a, to a front of the book article on road and track. And I flat out refused to give it back. Um, <laughs> and, and they were, they were super cool with it and now it broken. I don't know what to do with it, but, um, that was like another, that was one of their first e-bikes, but that would not go on its own. It wasn't like you always had to pedal and it had a torque sensor and it would amplify what you did. Yeah. So of course, if you're a speed junkie, it's the best workout you'll ever have because right. now I'm fucking with traffic like I'm killing myself, but I'm keeping up with like, you know, turbo diesel Mercedes that are floored. Um, and literally, I mean, it was some of the best workouts of my life. I loved it, but it broke. Yeah, I love cycling, but if I want to just get somewhere like real fast, this thing just whips. It's so good. It's so good. What else we got, Zach? Let's blast through a few more of these. Okay, we'll do some rapid fire. Um, is a well-kept Lancia Monte Carlo, all are known as a Scorpion, a bad idea? Have any of us driven one? And Never tried. What did that one sell for on Bring a Trailer? 
Uh, $7,200. You ever fuck with uh, one of these? Can I would we say? say I've driven one. Um, they are very sedate. The engine's quiet and smooth. They're not fast. And by not fast, I mean they're slow as shit. Um, but there's a charm to them. They're And they're pretty. So, yeah, buy it. If it's well-kept and it's got history, I don't think they're unreliable. It's like a Fiat X19. Um, oh, is but, that a shared uh, platform with an X19? I think so. I can it, see, it was originally I can, called the X18. Yeah, I can now, now that we're looking at this picture, I can see yeah, an X19. I think they have there. the same engine and a lot of the same components. And oh, if so, that's the case, there's a dude who does K20 swaps in X19s oh, and they rip. That would fix. Yeah, that yeah. would fix that car. So, yes, I approve so long as you K-swap K, K it. Yeah, there is a guy who does X19s. I've seen him at Grid Life, and he does a case 20 swapped X19. It's got a big GT wing on it. It fucking mobs. That'd it's be great. Cool. Yeah, it's really, really neat. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really pretty car, too. It so is. That'd be pretty and sounded like sounded K20 good. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, Tony Subman says he bought a Focus RS after Jason uh, reviewed one, so he just loves it. So thank you very much. I guess not after I reviewed one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hope you reviewed this. Well, here's this the thing: is this poor guy is happy, but his kidneys are bleeding. I from know. The ride, so. He's got internal bleeding. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I do uh, like that car. Uh, I like it for no. 15 minutes. I I hated owning it. It beat the it's shit cool. out of me. We're both too old. Yeah. Uh, Stefan Aldridge says, you guys review a lot of cars. Do you ever pull punches so you don't upset the manufacturer? Have you listened? To, he wrote that at the beginning of this he show. Did. He did not. He did not listen I just to, want the, him to the middle block of this show. We've had, <laughs> I will pull, okay. I will punch it, uh, pull punches because I feel bad about the people involved. So like I, in writing and whatever, I'll tend to be a little bit less mean because yeah. I just don't want to hurt people, like people's careers. But yeah. They fuck up. They fuck up. The car is a car. Like I'm, yeah. I, no one wants to hear, hey, with the rear air. No. I think when I think when Jason is or I trash a car, it's because the car is not doing the thing that it was told to us that it was going to do. Right, <laughs> that like, simple. It doesn't yeah. matter whether I like it or not. At the, at the end of the day, is does, this is what the company is designing this car to do, or, or in some cases, this is what the audience of the car expects it to do. Um, it, it is the car does it like I expect the car to do X. It doesn't do it. Well, then it's a failure. It doesn't matter whether I like it. It's not. This is not an opinion game. Yeah. Um, I expect a BMW to be good to drive. If not, well, then it failed at its mission. Goodbye. Fair. Fair. Uh, who from automotive history would you smoke a joint with, and who would you do a dab with? His examples were uh, <laughs> Pick and Smokey Eunuch. Why does it like he has to differentiate between Camisa? Do, do you even know what the difference is between smoking a joint and doing a dab? But there is a. Do difference. you know what a dab there is? There is a difference. Okay, so dabs <laughs> are like okay, dabs are the intersection of weed and drugs. Okay, so like one time there was a coca leaf that these dudes in South America would chew on, and the in the and they'd get a little tingly going, right? Mm-hmm. And that became refined, and then eventually we got crack in Washington D.C. Right? So the dabs is where weed has its crack moment. Okay, and it's like, uh, you know, really strong weed is something like 25 to 28 percent THC. Dabs are like 90. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. So the question is, the translation of the question is, who would you like to get high with and who would you like to get really high with? Who do you want to go sailing with? Who do you want to go to space with? Right. So the second one sounds more like, who do I want to fuck? And the answer is no one. Um, (laughs) The first one, who do I want to get high with? Ah, 
You know, I wouldn't mind meeting Enzo and like like having like the real Enzo mm. just so he can be like, I think everyone who drives my cars is a fucking poser <laughs> douche. Yeah. Because that's what he felt. And I would like to have that conversation with him, you know, and then tell you all about it. Yeah. I would like to get mildly high with, um, let's see, Burt Monroe, the world's fastest Indian. That guy sounds fucking awesome mm-hmm. to hang out with. And then I'd like to get very high with, oh, shit. I'd have to say, like, 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 like not Brock Yates, but um, like PJ O'Rourke. Do we count him as an automotive personality? Maybe. Yeah, he'd be very entertaining. Can we count really Hunter Thompson? Time. He wrote some car reviews. <laughs> he wrote like You read a Hunter Thompson car review? It's amazing. <laughs> Craziness. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody fun. I think it'd be fun to smoke a joint with like Jason Castriota because he sees the world in a We can arrange way. that. I, I know can we just can. text him right now. Um, we can probably do that. Or like, I don't know, one of the like old drags. Anyone who went really, really fast when it wasn't safe at all. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. like someone who raced Le Mans or did, you know, the guys that set top fuel records back in the 60s mm-hmm. and they're like, oh shit, we should put the engine behind us. <laughs> like those guys always have the best stories. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Good All question, right. though. I'll take that. Uh, Richard Milo asked, uh, Jason, you look frozen. Um, Is Jason frozen? Oh, no. That was Jason, are you there? I'm going to go over here. I'll sort that out. I'll ask why I ask this question. Uh-oh. Is he there? Uh, Has he fully frozen? Oh, no. Jason has entered the waiting room. He got disconnected. He sure oh, did. He's back. Jason? Oh, you there? Uh-oh. No, he's, well, we see him. We see him. We don't hear him. Hi. Oh, oh there you are. So okay. my power just went out. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like every every device in my house is making all these horrible buzzing sounds. And so I don't know if it's just my house that was about to catch on fire. But oh, whatever. shit. I'm here. Oh, okay. Wow. You're back. Well, well, whatever. What did you just say, Zach? That was the quickest tech fix, I by mean, the really, way, that like, I'm impressed. That's ever we don't even have done. to edit that. Like, we we're, not, we're just going to leave it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. There must have been a really big lag because I think I was actually gone for a while. No, you were gone for like 15 seconds. It wasn't that long at all. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, hi, I'm back. <laughs> you know what that was? It was probably like Ferdinand PX uh, assistants are like, now you turn off the power. <laughs> no dab references. <laughs> All right, um, Richard Milo is buying wants to buy a Porsche. Uh, he, he needs a weekend car. He doesn't need to be practical. He's looking at nine nine seven dot twos, or should he save money and buy a nine eight seven dot two? He enjoys a lightweight car in general. I mean, either one. yeah, either one is totally fine. Uh, Mid engine experience, rear engine experience. You know, there's a lot of those around, so you can go drive a bunch of different ones that have different options and stuff, and see what you want. I mean. They do drive differently, the rear engine and the mid-engine cars. They do, and I would say if you're a really advanced driver, go for the 911 because it can be a slightly more rewarding than the, you know, the, the mid-engine cars are, are, you know, let's say front-engine, front front-wheel drive cars are one-dimensional, mid-engine cars are two, but rear-engine cars are three. Like, there's a whole big rule book on how to slide them around and how to master the, the all the traction and stuff like that. So I say go, go for the 911. Well, I've never heard that explained that way before. I liked that. That was good. Right? The three nice. dimension. I like that. That's very good. I'm good that? at this shit. Yeah. We got two, you got like two or three more, Zach? Yeah, let's do like two more. Okay. Um, Mr. Camisa, what is the newest BMW you would consider buying? From like Actually buying for myself? Yes. A ZHP, an E46 ZHP, probably. 
Those are good. My friend had one yeah. of those when we were younger, and he treated it very badly, and it stayed. <laughs> Steinman, if you can imagine that. Oh, I, I can't. Yeah, he treated it very badly, and it and it survived, and it was, and they're kind of, they are kind of nice. They're nice little cars. Awesome. I would buy if I had a lot of money a pristine E thirty nine M five. Yeah. I drove yeah. one. I drove a super super high dollar one from EAG, and it was so great. Everything. They're magic. Everything about it was amazing. The the combination of driving and ride quality and sound and all this shit and the right size and like, fuck me, was that good? Totally get it. Yeah, I agree with you totally. The E46 versus E39 thing is just a matter of do you want something slightly bigger or slightly smaller? 3 Series is better steering because it was rack and pinion. The V8 E39s were all like a recirculating ball steering mm. box. Um, so I would take the either a six-cylinder E39 or an E46 to get around that. But fuck, either way, though, they, that generation of cars, they're reliable, they're robust, they're safe, they're good, they're, they're amazing. Yeah. yeah. Everything BMW should be. I'd find one of those people that, like uh, like Mark, who did the E46 M3 wagon. Yeah, our buddy built a wagon, yeah. E46 wagon that rules. A couple of those out there. Um, and we'll do the last one. Uh, can cheaper coilovers like from BC or Megan Racing be tuned to deliver you close to the same ride quality on street or track as like a KW or a Bilstein, or do you just go by the best? I mean, typically people do coilovers so they can lower the car, right? I mean, there's nothing inherently different about a coilover other than it's a fixed rate spring. So if you choose the right spring rate, yeah, you can make it ride well. You're decent enough dampers. You can do it. Just don't slam the car because nothing without suspension travel is going to ride well. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you can lower any car and even on a very expensive sh shock, it's going to ride worse. Yeah. <laughs> There's only right. so much you can do. Um, yeah. And you even do stuff like really like BBI will like completely change geometries and they like Porsches have like the motorsport mounts for the control arms and you can do mm -hmm. stuff like that. But like, I don't know. Do you have you ever done a have you ever done a real like shock quality comparison that would be so fucking hard to do it would be impossible to do you have i mean just to like to measure ride quality is yeah. a bitch because you're looking at like all kinds of vertical oscillations and shit like that you know i i, I put conies on cars and hated them i put bill signs on cars and loved them i mean you know frankly it's just a matter of tuning and like for my vws like I've, I've certainly over lowered cars and then had to like unfuck them up because i you know they they drove like shit um, and for the longest time I had Coney's and like, it was a package, like a Coney, basically Coney and H and R package for my Scirocco. And the thing had no suspension travel and actually rode like shit. And I got a suspension engineer in and he put a different Coney, which was double adjustable. And he made me a coilover and the thing rides like a dream by comparison. So it's not usually the quality of the components that goes into it. It's the tuning. Mm. Um, and that's a black, like, that's a difficult, I don't want to call it a black magic, but it's a difficult thing to do. You've got to really know what you're doing. Yeah. Fuck it up. Yeah. So, I've driven on cars that had BCs and stuff that that were set up fine and rode okay. You know, and I don't know about the longevity. I don't know how, if if a BC shock is good for thirty thousand miles and a KW shock is good for a hundred thousand miles. I'm not really sure. Uh, I don't they know, also right? make like BC and Megan both make big. Uh, there's a big variety in their product catalog. Like you can get highly adjustable shocks, then 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 you can tune them. Or if you get one that's not adjustable at all. And you bolt it on, like then of course you're limited. Yeah. And you know the, the bolt-on uh, non-adjustable may feel different than a more expensive brand, just because there's different valving inside. Yeah. So, I don't know. Right. Yes. Yeah. 
Cheers. Last one. Uh, last one. Um, you guys both love the previous gen Aston Vantage. What do you think about the 08 DBS manual? Nice car. Sweet car. Uh, Freddie bought driven, one. I've never driven one. I drove one. It's good. It's got, I mean, it's, look, it's a V12 with a nice six-speed stick. Um, the shift action is more like the Vantage. The shifter feels a lot like the, the Vantage, especially the, the V12 Vantage, if you ever try that from 2011, which mm -hmm. is my favorite Aston of all time, I think. Have you Did you drive the seven-speed V12S manual? I did, and I preferred the six-speed regular one. <gasps> I know. Hold on, I wanted you to put like a gasps in Spanish. Sacrilege. Tell me why. I, so I never drove the six-speed manual non-S, only drove the six-speed right, single clutch Right, thing. right, right. Why would you like the six speed better than the seven speed? I just, I don't think having a dog leg first gear did much for me. Like it just, I don't, I didn't, it made it like maybe a little faster to 60. But other than that, it I actually made it slower. It didn't make it slower. That, that might yeah, have to, yeah. Because the one, the one, two shift on, the a, dog, on a dog leg yeah. is a pain in the ass. Yeah. yeah. No, um, it, it didn't, and, it didn't do anything for me. I, I would rather just, the, the power gains were modest. I couldn't tell the difference in whatever the tuning was because it was a couple years apart driving one to the other. And I, I just think that six is the right number for an H pattern shifter. I, I haven't, I agree. I've never driven a seven where I was like, oh, thank God this seventh gear is here. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I yeah I don't see I don't mind it like if it's done right like nine eleven where where seventh gear doesn't exist I don't know correct you you'll know this but yeah. most people don't where seventh gear actually doesn't exist unless you're in fifth or sixth so if I'm in third and I go all the way to the right uh, and then back up again I wind up in fifth like the seventh gate doesn't come available until you're in fifth or sixth and then there's like a little solenoid that opens and you can get in that doesn't bother me at all and it's like okay it's a cruising gear. Um, the reason that I love the Aston 7-speed, um, first of all, I should say when we tested at Motor Trend, it was identical 0-60 to 60 starting in second or in first. Oh. <laughs> so there was no gain <laughs> from that. But the, part of that was that it was geared so stupidly short. So like a Miata is like a 34-mile, 33-mile-an-hour first gear and then 52 in second and then like 77 in third. And that's one of the, the wonderful things about being in a Miata is you're in a car that's quick. But that's just ba -ba 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 -ba, you know, gear, 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 gear. And the seven-speed uh, V12 Vantage S was geared almost identically to a, a Miata. So you have you know, 560, I think it was, horsepower V12 that does like 49 or 51 <laughs> miles an hour at Redline in second gear. Um, so just going through town, you're like, rah, 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 rah. And like, I love interacting with a car like that. I love having shift like that. And that just made me giggle. The six I, speed was geared normally. Yeah, I, I think you are you are probably right. I just, Zach had a picture of the shifter pulled up and I remembered what it was that I didn't like so much about it. Cause my Countach has a dog leg and you've got a dog leg yeah. car too, don't you? Uh, two of them, Mercedes and the Ferrari. Okay, yeah, so with the five speed dog legs, for some reason, it just makes more sense. With the seven speed, once I get that thing out of first gear, mentally, I keep just feeling like I'm in a six speed until I have to like re remember again that I've no, she's driving really two a the whole seven. Time. Yeah, yeah, it's just I, I keep like, and yeah, it just it doesn't, it, it doesn't was a mentally mind compute. It didn't, it was definitely compute. a mind fuck driving that car, and I, I put a like. A thousand or two thousand. I put a lot of miles on that car, and it was you had to think. But 
there were times like if I needed to not worry about it, you second gear yeah. on that on the seven speed was shorter than first gear was on the six speed. So you uh, can start in second and hilarious. just literally you could literally ignore the the first if you needed to and just think of it as one, two, three, four, five, six. The problem is then then it showed uh, the gear on the display. Yeah. And I think that was what fucked everyone up. It's like, oh, I thought I was in third, but it says I'm in fucking fourth. And I, like, yeah. It was a, it was I a just lot. remember mentally it took more work. And I was like, I'm not yeah. sure whatever performance trade off we get here is worth is worth the See, extra work. I like, so funny you should say, that's funny. It's really cool that, like, I think it's cool that we have a difference on this and cool that we see that. Because I liked that it made me think about it. Because I want an enveloping experience. I want a car to be like, Make me think, make me work, make me, you know, like make me involved in the process. And I sort of love that about old cars, this, you know, carbureted cars that won't let you get, get on the gas quickly before they stumble um, or you can stall the intake air or other shit. I love driving around these complex things. Um, and that's kind of what I loved about that. Seven speed. I do too. So like, do that, but it's so funny that like a six speed, like, Today, everyone's like, oh, God, dual clutches aren't as engaging as a manual transmission. And Jason's like, I don't want just a manual transmission. <laughs> yeah. I want the most engaging <laughs> yeah. manual transmission with a new gear that I have to figure out and remember. Like, <laughs> no, I I, I, mean, I, I, but, I understand you, Jason. I do. And I look, I buy right-hand drive cars because they're just... Right. Big, you know what I mean? Same Mind thing. fuck, right? Yeah, same thing. It's because it's to keep that run to the grocery store somehow interesting. I right. totally am with you, but after, I did a lot of miles in that V12S as well, and after a week, I just, it wasn't bad. I liked it. I, I said positive things about it, but I came away with it like, oh, if I was going to spend money, I would probably just get the six-speed, because it's involving yeah. enough, and I don't I don't need the that extra gear, but, if but they were each their own. Having not driven the six-speed, I drove, drove, drove the six-speed with the paddles, and it's yeah. the same transmission just with paddles and if the six speed was geared the way the seven speed was meaning like you're rowing insanely rowing through gears just keeping up with traffic mm. um i would have the six speed also but i'm yeah. such a, a whore for short gears like if a car redlines in third at 51 miles an hour i'm buying it. yeah <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> i wonder like, if I you can do a final drive in that in the six speed that'd be interesting if you could Probably find could. a shorter diff from another aston and sh shove it in there i wonder if you could that would that would solve that. I just don't like car. Like there's so many of these really fast cars that we drive that, that red line in first at 65. Oh, GT4 or, all day. GT4. GT4. Yeah. Fuck, it ruins that whole car. Yeah. The Cayman really complex. Ruined. But I know I look again, 88 miles an hour in second gear. And I, I just think why I don't want one shift. And before I go to jail, <laughs> like, yeah. I want four in a school zone and not have to worry about it. Yeah. I just booked um, the new GT4. I think it's a f second week in July, maybe. Um, it's it's uh, coming, or maybe it's maybe it's the end of June, but it's the new GT4 is coming. I drove Boxer Spider, which is the same shit. And other than that, gearing it's lovely. You know what I mean? It's almost perfect. It's like super super close. But you got to write Sharky a twenty thousand dollar check, and they fix that for you. Right, and this is this is my problem with that I live in an area that's incredibly hilly and very slow. Like people here are fucking pilled out on Xanax, and they all do twelve miles an hour every <laughs> So like. In in the city of San Francisco, peak speeds and like in the middle of the fastest blocks are like twelve and thirteen miles an hour up a hill. Yeah, that's a thirty five percent grade. So try to deal with a first gear where idle is nine miles an hour and you're getting up to eleven. <laughs> so you're slipping the clutch off the line. You're roasting the clutch just to get these fucking things moving, and then you're punting the Prius in front of you because like you can't go any slower. It's gonna stall. Um, you know, that doesn't really translate to L.A., to like to Southern California, and certainly not In, in like L.A., West. switched 13 with 19, and, you know, it's the same shit. Coronavirus I, traffic is nice, I'll be honest. It's I. It's mm, coronavirus it's is terrible benefit. for 99.9% .9 of things, except if you want to drive an old car around.
then it's fun. Yeah, then that's it's helpful. True. That's yeah. true. So do you do you drive your the Quintessential a lot like around town or do you like no. do you drive that for the purpose of driving the car? I don't drive it around town because that's just not fun. Like I could, you know what I mean? If I if I wanted to, there's the car has never given me any reason to th- suspect that I couldn't use it as a daily driver if I really wanted to. You better to. take that back right the fuck now before it hears you. <laughs> no, I could. Knock wood, though. Okay, uh, I, I, I drive it. In, driving it is the activity when I drive it. Yeah, I, I, I drive it once a week. I go. I do about 50 miles, uh, maybe a little That's more. That's great. And I, I, I take people out who have never been in one, and I blow their fucking minds at how good it is. And, and they're all... Tom Segura came out with me last weekend. We went to Bill's, and he was... But on the way back, after a while, we just were just like having a conversation, and like 10 minutes in our conversation, he's like, I fucking forgot we were in a Countach. We were just having a conversation. You, you completely just, yeah. you know, you can, you, can, you can zone out in it. It's cool. It's That's the cool. best. It's I love that you have that car. That's really cool. I love that I drive it. I love that I'm not a bitch about it. That's all. If I was a, if I had it and I was a bitch about it and didn't drive it, I put eight thousand kilometers on it since I bought it. Nice. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's really good. Yeah. I'm looking for my next daily driver, which I want to be something Italian from the period that I like. So I will be consulting 80s. with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, okay. I've oh, never, I'd have, like to own uh, a Ferrari. I would like to own a, a depreciated Ferrari that I can fuck around to, with. It you're, that's right. Space. You're having a Mondial as your next car. Mondial T. Bro, I ran into the president of the Ferrari club at the gas station, and he was driving his Mondial 3.2 coupe, and it was fresh, very fresh, and he, could, he, did, he couldn't have had enough nice things to say about it. He loved it. They are. So I've never driven one, um, but I was in one. The, the the interesting thing is the so the, the Mondials are a car that replaced my 308 GT4, right? So the, that was based on 328, so I still had the trans, same transverse engine. The 348 donated its layout to the Mondial T. So yeah, it's such a weird car because they changed the direction of the engine yep. in the middle of the run. Is that the only time that's I mean, ever happened? No, I actually came up with a list. There's like a bunch of like a, a bunch of weird bizarro cars that have also gone from transverse to longitudinal and like other weird ones like De- Lancia Delta actually switched the head so the exhaust was on the back for a while and then became on the front oh shit. Um, but yeah it's very rare to see like a, a longitudinal transverse change like that that's yeah. a way um, bigger change than the head wow yeah yeah um but that uh, apparently the T like the regular Mondale is great but apparently the T is like fucking unbelievable and they're ugly as sin but who cares I wouldn't like say ugly as sin. Well. I would say ugly by Ferrari standards, but I think they're they're not. It's not like a hideous thing. I think they're I mean, they're plain by Ferrari standards. But it's not an un, it's not an unattractive car, especially with the top down. No, it's just it's awkward. The right. proportions are kind of strange. I think. Yeah. Right there, that distance right on that picture from the back of the door to the beginning of the of the, rear, the forward leading edge of the rear wheels is just far too long. <laughs> yeah, and that was. That's just because in that space you have a back seat where you should have the engine. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it should yeah. all be over. Has and anyone ever chopped one of these the before? Has anyone ever fucking chopped one of these and taken out the back seat, shortened the wheelbase a foot? That'd be cool as hell, wouldn't it? That'd be awesome. <laughs> that I seems mean, like a Bo Bachman Basically, job. but that's a 348 then. <laughs> yeah, mean, that's, that's true. That's then the thing is, like my 308 GT4, you chop it, you know, a foot, and that winds up being a 308 GTB. Yeah, and if you have um, the T, you get um, ABS, you get power steering as well. Yeah, um, that some, would be. That's so this one's on Bring a Trailer, no reserve right now. Straight up, it's mm. got miles on it, but it's no reserve. I think it's got forty five thousand miles or something on it. 
It's nothing. I know. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't fucking care. I'll, I want to drive it. But what I, you know what I would do? The only thing I would do is I'd pull the Ferrari seats out, put them in bags, and I'd buy some period but brand new uh, Recaros and have them covered in Connolly leather so they look kind of right, but so I, my back doesn't just completely fall apart. Mm-hmm. I can't sit in a 40-year-old seat. I approve of this whole thing. I've we've solved your daily driver problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the joke is like people get so freaked out. Oh, it needs a belt service. Oh, it needs this whatever. I don't know about the T's. Like on the on like my three hundred GT four, the the engine doesn't have to drop to do the belt. On the T, it um, does. On the transverse yeah. ones, it does not. So, but here's the thing: if it costs you eight thousand bucks to do a belt service every five years, that is like thirteen twelve hundred dollars a year. Compare that to depreciation on an M4. No, yeah, no, it doesn't. Which is like thirteen hundred dollars a month. No, that doesn't scare me. I, I, the biggest bath I've ever taken on a car in my entire life. I've owned twenty something cars. The biggest bath I've ever taken by an enormous margin was leasing a brand new Focus RS. Wow, at leasing a Focus RS DX. (laughs) Really. But it's the most I ever spent on a car, and it was a cheap lease. Yeah. Was, but still, by far the most I've ever. No, I, I, this is getting. You want to hear something really embarrassing? I'm going to tell you how much it was, not including insurance, just in payments made. How much? How much I spent? I spent twenty three thousand dollars to drive a Focus RS eleven thousand miles in two years. Isn't oh that embarrassing? What the fuck? That's how it's, it's <laughs> I mean, extremely I mean, embarrassing. Yeah, I yeah, know wow. it is. I fucked. I fucked up, and I had. A, I. I had. Um, I'm gonna partially blame my accountant because I had an accountant that was not that didn't explain to me the you should lease yourself a company vehicle thing. He didn't. He did, he used some sort of general wisdom for his, a situation that a didn't fit, fit my fucking personal yeah. needs at all. So yeah, that's the most money I've ever lost on a car. So the idea of doing a belt service on a Ferrari that won't depreciate a dime is absolutely right. not scary to me at all. Yeah, no, I don't give Good. a shit. Yeah, yeah no, or, or more likely will appreciate. Yeah, yeah, um, maybe. So yeah, you know, pay for itself. Yeah, yeah. That's it. This is my excuse. This is how I convinced myself that while I had no job. <laughs> Uh, after I left Motor Trend, like this 308 GT4 came up and I'm like, fuck, I'd agreed to buy that car three years earlier. I'm like, if I don't buy it now, I'm going to have to buy it later. And if I buy it later, maybe I won't have the money and fuck, I'll do it. And, <laughs> and like, it just this ridiculous, you know, purchase. And how has it worked out for you? I love it. I'm going to go as soon as we're off of this call, I'm going to go and get it because I haven't seen it in two weeks and I'm making me upset. It's at the warehouse. Um, I love it. I absolutely adore that car. It is started out at like you know as a new unknown acquisition and slowly crawled its way up the book and you know in, in my little black book of the number two of my cars like if i had to get rid of my cars right now uh I, the the last two i would sell would be the Scirocco is definitely the last but then the 3024 oh that's it's, good to know it's my second favorite oh good um, magnificent to drive that car just absolutely unreal yeah everything i ever dr- dreamed a vintage ferrari would would drive I saw a guy, Zach and I went for a hike the other day, socially distanced. We picked a trail that had fucking zero people on it. It was fantastic. And as we were approaching the trailhead, came a guy just zooming in a fucking, in a, in a G308 GT4. He was chasing someone in a 911T, and he had a big old smile on his face. He was really probably, enjoying they himself. They probably weren't going fast. because No, they exactly weren't going fast. Or, but it sounded yeah. good, and the smell lingered for several yeah, seconds. The, the smell of mild blow-by. Yeah. <laughs> we, we mopped up some gasoline off the ground and poured it into our car. Yeah. We were it yeah. does have 
four Webers. Four of them. I have never, I mean, seriously. So it is, interestingly enough, all all of my cars other than the Lotus and the E-Golf. So like those are my two modern cars. All of them do zero to 60 within like two tenths of a second of each other. Like they're dead nuts even That's very funny. This is Camisa speed. Yeah, this is I'm so fucking. I have no life. I'm sorry, but the joke is that if I raced the Scirocco and the and the uh, Ferrari, they would be probably within a half a car length from zero to their top speed, and the Scirocco gets three point eight times the fuel economy. Jeez, <laughs> it's more. It's literally like the Scirocco get thirty six, thirty eight on the highway. The Ferrari gets eleven. Wow. Like the Scirocco gets twenty nine to thirty in normal driving. The Ferrari gets nine. And what's the difference <laughs> in year? 75 to 87. Ah, yeah. Yeah. They um, had figured But it's just the difference out. between carbs, you know, like a 16 valve. Uh, so the Ferrari makes more power, but weighs more. Um, but it's a difference between a 16 valve V8 and a 16 valve four cylinder. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Ferrari's a 2.9, and Volkswagen's a two liter. Um, so you just, you have like you know, fuel injection, even though it was Bosch CIS, which is like barely yeah. fuel injection. <laughs> yeah. Um, versus carburetors carburetors just you know were horrible <laughs> horrible devices but they sound so good i know i know i i would i'd try i'd keep the I, i'd be happy with my shitty fuel economy in that sound four webers is yeah. good that's a good thing yeah there's no there's no substitute for that noise for sure dude yep. thank you for doing this show this was an excellent thank you for episode. having me we are always happy to have you uh get some always more jason's fun. shit at ecme.com and the yep. ECME YouTube channel, I-S-S-I-M-I, ECME official you on YouTube. Uh, and, of course, Jason Camisa on Instagram, C-A-M-M-I-S-A. That's, hey, what's that discount code, Camisa, for the those LED? So you go to the retrofitsource.com, and the discount code is my last name in all caps. So capital C-A-M-M-I-S-A, and it's 10% off of all products. And if it doesn't work, for whatever reason, scream at them. Are you uh, going to um, put these in other of your 80s vehicles? Do they have a factory enough look that it's worth doing? They are. I mean, they're 100%. There's just a bulb replacement. So oh, okay. It looks 100% factory. I have HIDs in most of my cars. Oh, okay. Um, the, I, frankly, when you're driving a 30 or 40-year-old car around at night, and, it, and that weighs a third of what modern SUVs weigh, I'm very, very sorry if I'm slightly blinding you, but I need you to see me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My like, my old cars, all three of them, all the Delica, the 911, and the Lambo, all have fucking horrible lights. I don't know if I would do the swap in the Lambo just for originality, but in the 911, I could really use a little extra. So oh, you can't all it is, fogs. I mean, so the 911. Yeah. So what what kind of light bulbs? If you have like mm, we can talk about stock. the line, but if they're sealed beams. They, you just literally replace the seal beam with like Hella makes a Euro version oh, yeah. of that with an H4 bulb in it and done. Oh, so it right. looks perfectly it's factory. The sto- it's, it's the stock light, whatever it is. Yeah. It's the stock light. I'd replace them all. I the only the only old cars that I have on stock lights are my Mercedes because they were really good from the factory, um, and the Ferrari because I haven't gotten around to putting HIDs and LEDs in it yet. But I I can't not. I mean, you know, I have the these are the original non halogen bulbs in the Ugh. Ferrari. So you might as well put your iPhone in front of the car. And yeah, yeah, that yeah. See with, yeah, um, doesn't doesn't work. But yeah. it's, it's honestly, it's safety. I mean, yeah, I need to be able to see at night. For sure. Um, and the the difference in light output. You guys will see the post I make. The difference in light output um, between the factory halogens and the e-golf versus the Morimoto uh, HIDs is obscene. Um, and I 
purposefully went for a drive in a friend's car with my car behind. He was driving my car behind me. Didn't blind me. I mean, it's slightly brighter than sock, but it's um, like unbelievable. The difference. So. Cool. Code Camisa. I would say fucking do it. There you go. Uh, let's do it again. Thank you guys. Yeah. And hopefully, uh, hopefully next time we do a show, it's uh, at West Side Collector Car Storage in our new studio and not, you know, like this. Although this is certainly and better than nothing. This is nice. It's better than nothing. And I'll come down there because you have air conditioning. And <laughs> then when you have, I had like five fans blowing on me quietly. So like I didn't overheat and start. We didn't hear shit. Really no, we didn't hear shit. nothing. You're good. Well, but the fucking power went out. Oh yeah, that. <laughs> so now I Nine million degrees in here. The power so went out, hot. but you recovered as fast as any human could recover. So thank I, you very much, well, dude. My pleasure. Thanks right. for having me, guys. That's our show. Me. Rutledge Wood is here Thursday at 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. I am very excited. We haven't had Rudd on before, have no, we? No, we haven't. Oh, my God. He's been, he said six years ago that he would do the show, and we're just getting around to doing it now. So, very exciting. And then next week, check your live calendars. We got Doug DeMuro, we got Freddie Hernandez. Ta- Tavarish, and we got Craig Lieberman all next week from uh, Fast and the Furious Car Coordinators. Now he's doing his whole BTS uh, YouTube channel, which actually is very fun. Um, so yeah, that mark your calendars, folks. Kamisa, uh, you are the man, sir. Okay. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Go drive your Ferrari Thanks, now. And I'm going to drive home in an orange Aston Martin. That's our show. The Smoking Tire Podcast is powered by Shout Engine. Get your own damn podcast at ShoutEngine.com. It's easy. All you need is a microphone, a connection to the internet, some interesting friends who have something to say. See you Thursday at 5 p.m. with Rutledge Wood. Bye.